was listening to, an, to a, or not listening to, I was reading an, 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 an article written about it, and it was by this, this senator who, who passed incredibly anti-LGBT laws in a state, yeah. and he was gay. Yeah. And when he asked about it, he, he, he said, I, I was elected to make those decisions, yeah. regardless of what my personal preferences yeah, are. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what to say to, about that. You it's know? like Kanye wearing White Lives Matters t-shirt few days ago you know like you, there are some people who are just sellouts yeah you think that's marketing right oh fuck yeah okay and some people are just hungry for the dollar and they're willing to kiss any ass put on any mask you know like just to make money and to do you, you know. who, do you, who else other than Kanye could have pulled that off though you mean as a black person yeah saying white lives matter like as a shirt and making that into a product i don't think like clarence the, thomas <laughs> i don't think jay-z or 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 um r kelly <laughs> that wouldn't fly i mean r kelly would, could See, do it for I, the thing is I, like to me even kanye his whole identity his whole brand it's all hype okay you know it's a castle built on built on sand i don't think Ooh, interesting. i don't see him as a genius i don't see him as someone who's like come on you're going to compare him to einstein and newton and you know okay the what's his name the, the what about beethoven what about if we keep it closer to the music the, realm beethoven fine okay beethoven was a genius because for his time mm -hmm. you know being deaf and still going against all the greats in vienna and whatever and and you know that was great you know like and especially when we look at like pre-internet you know even when you look at michael jackson or madonna in their heyday you know or elvis or whatever like these are people whose brands were meticulously crafted by corporations you know even mm. if you go further back to marilyn monroe and all of these brands you know mm. like their image was crafted, their likeness was owned by the corporations. That's why they all died of drug overdoses and shit, you know? That's a very interesting point you bring up because I remember that I was reading and memoirs from, from Mary Monroe and she would spend up to four hours in the mirror just practicing her smile. Just yeah, to, because just that's, to get what, that's that, the product. Right. You know, that that's refining your service and your product, mm. you know? It doesn't matter if you're Goldman Sachs or Marilyn Monroe, you know? like. If you're if you're trying to be the best at something, mm. the best in your field, you're trying to command the top dollar. You know, Marilyn Monroe wasn't known as the greatest actress. Sure. She was no Meryl Streep. You know, sure. she was not Betty Davis, but she was known as the sexy bombshell. You know, so she knew that every single look, and she had to know her angles, her lighting, you know, and stuff like that. You know, she. You make a fair point, and her voice. It was, and her silhouette, and just her silhouette. Just mm. it, you look at Marilyn's silhouette in black and white. You know, and just black. I mean, mm. it's so iconic and so recognizable. You know, like um, she understood how to create shape and to make that shape like branded in people's minds. You know, branding means to burn. Sure. You know, the, uh, like to, on your cattle. And the, the, the inspiration comes from that, you know. Well, like, would you give that all that credit to Marilyn Monroe? Or would you give it to no, Andy Warhol? No, it's, 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 it's everybody. Andy Warhol. It's also the corporations that, you know, did the plastic surgeries and forced her into abortions and did all of that to mm. keep her image, you know. De Beers paying for Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. You know, it was all marketing and brand and, and same thing you see it today with beyonce and britney and 
But you know? do, don't you think the Marilyn Monroe pop art is almost like Da Vinci's? Um, um, uh, what's the smile from Da Vinci called? Uh, Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Do you not feel like like there's gonna be a certain time where people won't remember Marilyn Monroe as a movie actress, and rather than well, the today, art subject, she's not known as a movie actress per se. Like she's not known for her acting chops. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. Her movies are not Oscar winners. She's not somebody who won mm. anything, you know. She was just an it girl, you know. She was she was the precursor to to I mean, she she had the beauty and the sexiness to back it up, but she was the precursor to the modern day Kardashian, you know, the Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And you, you see a connection between those two? Yeah, I, I mean, it went from Marilyn Monroe uh, as the... Well, first it was Rita Hayworth, who was the original bombshell, mm. the redhead. Mm. And they called her the bombshell because they put her name and image on the Hiroshima bomb. Mm. You know, and she was the first civilian to successfully sue the American military for using her likeness on a bomb that killed, you know, so many people. And she won. That's and, a branding nightmare. <laughs> and, and she won, you know, but they popularized the idea of the redhead being a bombshell or a siren or a firecracker or whatever comes from that, from Reed Hayworth. And then came the blonde bombshell, which was Marilyn Monroe. And then after Marilyn, there was really nobody until Pamela Anderson. But you wait, know, wait, wait, like, wait, wait. You, you, you made an interesting statement right there because I would argue that Venus... Is a redhead. Venus, you mean the goddess or? Venus as in the painting. Oh, the Venus de Milo. Venus de the, Milo, okay. right? And, yeah. and she's also a redhead. And so if you're talking about the art. siren. I'm ta- no, I'm talking about the idea of a person turning themselves into a brand uh-huh. without any talent or product or chops or, you know what I mean? That's, a, that's an, like, yeah. Like when you look at the Paris Hilton and then the Kim Kardashian, these are the the more recent iterations mm. of people who are ta- famous for no reason, you know, no ta- no real... Ta- I mean, what did Card- Kim Kardashian do other than do a sex tape? Yeah, get, get you know? come on her back, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it was, and, uh, it was as, like, re- revealed recently, like, fully negotiated by her mom, you know, and her mom pimped her out, basically. That's all, that sucks. But yeah, again... But, but that's the thing. That's why... Like, you know, all the butt implants and the whatever and showing naked with the whole attempt to break the internet photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that you one. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, ultimately, like, she is just selling her body and her image for money. Mm. And that's just very, very high-class prostitution, mm. you know? Uh, but also, the Kardashians in general, like, they only date black men. And it's like they use them and discard them you know, whether they're rappers or sports personalities or whatever, mm. uh, whether it's Ray J or, you know, more recently Kanye, you know, okay, bye, he's crazy. Yeah, he had, like, he had, did she date that white dude, didn't she? Uh, what was his name? Pete Davidson. Davidson. Oh, yeah, that was like her rebound after uh, Kanye, but even Pete Davidson is not that white. Well, okay, that's also very true. (laughs) Well, do you feel like um, do you feel there's a racial issue with it that they date black guys because it's like a taboo still in like people's minds? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, because they're not really white girls; they're Armenians. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're Kardashian. Kardashian. 
I mean, I've their never dad, followed them that closely. Their, I mean, their dad was OJ's lawyer. Yeah, that I know. That's their claim to fame. Yeah. But they were infamous. They were basically persona, persona non grata back mm. then in the 90s. Mm. You know, and Chris Jenner being the shrewd businesswoman and momager that she is. Once she realized that, like, Kim had made a sex tape and she was like, well, this is going to come out on the Internet anyways. Let's do a whole reality show and turn this into a thing. So you, know? you think the sex tape with the business? So the modus operatus you think happened after the sex tape was filmed or before? Because uh, Paris Hilton after. famously told uh, Kim, you should you should make a porno video and that's how you're going to get famous. I mean, like, I, I think Kim was... At the time, like because Paris Hilton kind of also capitalized on the on the sex tape, mm. uh, but Paris Hilton was the other way around, you know, where she it was about it was like leaked, and then she went and sold the rights of it to a production company and called it A Night in Paris. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. Kim Kardashian from. was there was a lot of celebrities at that time who were doing sex tapes because of what Paris Hilton did. Mm. But again, a lot of people also forget that the original OG, yeah. <laughs> OG sex tape was the Pam and Tommy Lee sex yes, tape. Yes, they made a movie about that now, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And that was leaked. That was not them. They they were they were offered millions and they refused because to them that was their honeymoon tape. Mm. That was their love. That wasn't a sex tape. That was their private, intimate. It was locked in a safe, you know, etc. And it was stolen and it was leaked and it was they were blackmailed into it, you know. Um, and so, like, I I feel more bad for Pamela in that sense, you know. Um, I like, feel it's hard to feel bad for anyone who works in Hollywood, though. No, I mean, here's the thing, like Pamela Anderson, especially like, OK, she. People forget she's Canadian, you know, and okay. she, she like Canadians don't have that entrepreneurial shark that america has sure, you know canadians sure. are just sweet nice neighborly people and she happened to be a, a sex symbol a playboy playmate who was on the most covers of playboy ever yeah but she also knew what she was doing she knew what she was doing but what i'm saying is that like can he put on Pamela Anderson? in those days in those days they they Obviously, there was no internet, there was no social media, there was, you know, no digital. This was a tape, mm. a VHS tape, you know what I mean? Like, it was a private home video. Like, yeah, 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 she, yeah, yeah, yeah. This wasn't something she did with Tommy Lee for fame. They were already famous. They were already millionaires. There was no crew like, involved. There was no yeah, lights. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so with Pamela Anderson, I feel bad in that sense. I feel like she was violated and she was almost like raped by the world you know what i mean interesting like, okay suddenly everyone can see her being fucked you know mm. and this was not her choice whereas when you look at paris and kim kardashian and all of that like uh, and a lot of other celebrities too you know in, in the past 10 15 years you know who've leaked sex tapes or whatever for fame you don't you don't think there's there's any ounce of personal responsibility on Pamela Anderson? No. Really? I mean no. she didn't have to film it. That would be the get go. She has every right to film it. Sure, but And it'd be private and it'd be locked in a safe. 
And it's not even, we're not talking like the VHS tape. It was the little tape from the camera sure. that needed the adapter. You, you know what I mean? Sure, like it sure, wasn't sure. even something that her kids could have seen by accident or it was something private between her and her husband. And I think that is totally <coughs> like I think you're fine. You know, whatever two consensual adults do in the privacy of their bedroom is their business. My counter argument to that would be... And it if, shouldn't be shown to the world. If, if you yeah. wear a nice watch and it gets stolen, sure, it sucks that it got stolen, but no one also told you to A, wear that watch in that place, and B, buy that watch. You know what I'm saying? I feel like... It's very different. Uh, come yeah. on. I feel like you're going to... No, no. Listen, just... Okay. Take Fair off enough. your clothes and go walk out into the street naked and see how you feel. Okay. And see how bad that feels, you know? And then imagine, like, now millions upon millions upon millions of people for all eternity can see that. And not just your nakedness, because she was fine with her nakedness. She was a Playboy sure. model, you know? But it was this private moment with her husband. This, You know, they were making love. They weren't fucking for the camera. They weren't doing a porno movie you know i think I mean? you're over romanticizing no, it like, no I, like i i can't help it like like when i look at kim k and all that you know to me that's like fuck you you're just doing it for the money you're a whore you're not worth a billion dollars you know? okay um but when i look at somebody like pamela anderson i kind of feel bad for her because it wasn't her choice it was like i said it was someone from their home and it just feels like it's different for tommy lee you know he became even more famous for his gigantic dick. Okay. You know, and how great his dick was. But for her, for a girl, for, you know, suddenly being seen, being fucked by the whole world. Interesting. It's, not, it's something that, like, I think will haunt her for all her life. And she's got kids. They're going to grow up to see that. You think they, do you think that she, she, she like, even spends, an, like, an, an, io, an iota of her, like, mind even thinking about it? I think it's just like. Oh, yeah, I think she does. We should reach out to her. Is she on? Is she on <laughs> Canvo? Whatever the app is called. Like get her on board. Yeah. We, well, Danny, can you look up uh, Canvo? Canvo? What is it called? Cameo. Cameo. Let's see if she's on it. Maybe we can <laughs> message her and be like, "Yo, <laughs> do you even think about that sex tape anymore?" I think. We can, I, can I steal? It? Is there one more? No, but we can go twosies if you like. It's okay. It's all good. We'll, we'll go twosies. Wait, I don't we'll mind. Wait on the cold store. I wonder if she's on it. Maybe one of her friends are on like it. Like, she's never kind of, like, you know, joked about it or anything. Like, for instance, Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. Is so cool with it. She Monica joked, Lewinsky. She jokes about it all the time. I mean, she got a book out deal out of yeah, it. Yeah, she gave a TED Talk about it, you know? Like, she, she jokes. She's like... Yes, I'm the woman who 156 rap songs were written about. Yeah, you know, like I, like she, I like, like she, I like she, how she's prefacing that. She sees the, the the you know she was like I'm patient zero of the online you know bullying, defamation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, um, but uh, I, I've never seen Pamela Anderson like joke about it. I mean, come on, she she milked that for all that was worth. What, she, what else is she gonna do? She used it. She, she couldn't used, get a job. She used that to get like right now, isn't she like a host for like a TV show or something like that? She, I, yeah, on the news channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, she's gonna make money however way she can. You know, 
She and used that to, to blackmail the Clintons, 110%. Uh, oh, well, no, I don't think she ever blackmailed them. Of course, of no. course. If she, if she, No, I think like she would have been quiet if like they paid her off. I'm sure they did pay her off. No, I don't think so. Yeah. What you, I mean, Bill's been like hanging out with, what's his name? Um, Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Like. Yeah, but that's got nothing to do with it. With Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky's already out. There was nothing to keep secret. Yeah, but I mean, the, he's managed to keep that shit under wraps for no, how she, long? She was outed by her friend, uh, Linda Tripp, who was recording their tapes and stuff. That was the... the... Oh, I didn't know that. Here, yeah, we'll go to these. Cheers. Um, yeah, like she was working at the, at the, the Pentagon and Linda Tripp, who's a much older like co-worker... And like a very sour, like hated the Clintons, stuff like that. She realized that Monica Lewinsky was having an affair with the president. Mm. And she started recording their conversations. And then she went and gave it as evidence. And that's why he got impeached. And it all came out, you know, that he was having an affair. Um, I thought it was the whole thing with the stained dress. Mm. She had like... Linda Tripp had told her, "Keep that like, dress. Don't. Keep that dress as evidence because you know, like mm. you're gonna be subpoenaed, you know, mm. etc." I I, yeah. I will not believe that there's no inside scoop on this. There's there's there's. Oh, I'm sure there is. I, I'm know. not. I'm sure there is. Yeah, you know, but I think also a lot of people like to uh, over demonize the Clintons. You know, over demonize. <laughs> Like, like, I don't believe they, they drink babies' bloods and use pizza parlors for, with, for pedophiles and all of that shit. Sure, Bill Clinton's a tail, like... Chaser? He's, yeah, yeah. He's a hound, sure. Like, every... Guy. Other hot-blooded six-foot-something dude, you know? Like, sure. If but he there's can usually... get it, If he can get it, he'll... He'll take it. Yeah, but there's yeah. an age limit usually associated with it, right? I mean, unless you go to France. Yeah, but I don't think Bill Clinton likes some 12 or 13 or whatever. Yeah, I think, yeah. Bahrain's, like, first of all, we're the only Arab island nation. Mm. There's mm. no Arab country that is an island. Yeah. Uh, if you look at all of the Middle East and all of Arabia, you know, the... Levant and and southern Turkey, that part was the Fertile Crescent. Mm. You know, that's where the greenery is. But the rest of it is pretty much desert. Mm. You know, nothing grows. It's pretty much dead. Especially when you look at the Gulf. Yeah, the the whole peninsula is desert. You know, other than some parts of Oman and Yemen, like the rest of it is pretty pretty dead. I think UAE at the very tip. There's some greenery around there as well. <laughs> That's yeah. not enough to sustain a like a civilization sure bahrain on the other hand as an island was always an agricultural and trading society mm. going back seven thousand years to the dilman and pre-dilman era it wasn't yeah. part of the roman empire at one point uh oh many empires yeah, yeah. it was a port for the roman empire i can mm. <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy alexander the great came here and established it as a port Mm, mm. You know, before that, it was just a Phoenician burial ground for royalty. Mm. But um, we've always had trade. We've always had open borders. We've always been welcoming of other cultures and religions. And we're the only place where we had churches and synagogues and temples and stuff like that. Okay. 
Uh, but they've gone most, into hiding for a while now. Most people were trilingual. I'm talking historically. Okay, yeah. Not just in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. You know, like, because in the in the, the last two, three generations, there were massive shifts in mentality. Like our parents' generation, they started off as super liberalist, like Nasserist ideology and like no religion not a hijab in sight throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Mm. And then as soon as 1979 happens, the Islamic Revolution in Iran, and then three months later, the siege of Mecca, Mm. and suddenly everybody starts to cover up and wear black and wear niqab, and all the men are wearing thobes, and suddenly we're all Muslim, you know? And, like, raising their kids, like, to be that way as well, you know? Um, Even though... The younger generation today are far more liberal and far more accepting and tolerant. And Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing in general? A very good thing. Interesting. I think progress, there's no denying progress. Oh, you think that's progress though? Yes. You don't think that, that it, as, a, as a pendulum motion? There's what they call, like, there's a meme I love. It's, you know, tradition is peer pressure by dead people. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. The reason I, 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 I'm, I'm very specific about that, because when we look at the West and we look at what's happening in Europe and America, these are not places that... I'm not saying they're progressive. I mean, they're progressive in the wrong progress direction. In, I mean, listen, a thousand years ago, the Islamic world was the most progressive in, like, sure. nation, the sure. most cosmopolitan, the mo- you know, the center of the... Baghdad was the center of the world sure. a thousand years ago. Now it's a shithole, mm. you know, uh, and Europe a thousand years ago was just fucking... Just feral. Yeah, just feral, you know, mm. and now, you know, they're very, you know, strongest economies and everyone goes to Europe to look at the pretty buildings and stuff like that. Like in every society, there's an ebb and flow mm. of like progress, This, especially with us, I think the the events that transpired in the 70s the two that i just mentioned sure. but also like the six-day war um really took us back I, and i find that really interesting when you say that it just made it made us dig because when you look at how islam was for the first 1300 years mm. it was a religion of knowledge you just have to move yeah. it about this, this no far worries. away from your face. Otherwise, okay. the audio is going to be a mess. No worries. But yeah. Uh, are we recording and stuff? Oh, do yeah. I know? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> this is the whole point of it. It's just okay. meant to be fun. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Um, so your six-day war? So I was saying is that, that like the Arabs just dug their heels deeper because when you can't... Yani, you don't have the confidence as a nation anymore. Okay. Uh, you know, because the Six Day War, it's like all the Arab countries were like, we're going to wipe out Israel. And in six days, Israel wiped us out, you mm. know, and we were, we all kind of went back with our tail between our legs. And after that, it was just like, what do you hold on to? Your religion. That mm. becomes your identity. Because you can't hold on to much else. You're, na- you're essentially failed states. Interesting. And you're feudal states, too. 
Interesting. Know. And you don't have, because you, you had that incident with Lawrence of Arabia, mm. right? Which was the, the promise great Arab revolt of the old GCC. And what happened was the UK did the same thing as what they did to India. They broke them up in, into smaller yeah. sub countries. So the whole Middle East and Africa and stuff. Yeah. You know, right. Like Spico. Yeah. Right. And so we had MBS right now who come out, come, who's come out and said, including Iran, including Yemen, he, he would like to see a European Union in the GCC. Mm. I think realistically, that's that's the name of the game. If if it doesn't happen, we're fucked. You know, Europe has 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 done it. U.S. has done it. Uh, you've got only superpowers left, right? Mm. All the smaller co- countries have kind of just dissipated into the sand, mm. right? You've got Russia, you've got China, you've got U.S. and you've got. But these are ex superpowers too. Interesting. So like they're failing superpowers. There's okay. new superpowers rising, like China and India and Africa. Interesting, you know, emerging because the like the age of the American Empire is waning. Okay, you know, like like every like everybody knows that the thing that destroyed the Soviet Union, Gorbachev and all that, it was blue jeans, Coca Cola, Elvis. You know, yeah, American soft power. You and I are here speaking, speaking English, in English, wearing pants and shirts. Exactly. I mean, it's a yeah, statement yeah, yeah. in itself. Exactly, you know, so. Uh, so we we do still currently live in it, but we're in the in the the last phases of it. Interesting. I, um, I would I would disagree with you on that because I I would see even if you're talking about China, hmm. who are the companies owned by? By American investors. You know, right. the board members of these yeah, companies yeah. are all American, right? Mm. Who's who's the biggest trading partner with China? Other yeah. than it's gra- obviously gravity. I don't think America's going to die but, tomorrow. You know, I mean, even when the Roman Empire fell. Like it's still split into the Eastern and Western and then the Byzantine Empire, which was the Eastern half, still continued for another thousand years after the Roman Empire fell. But it sure. was just rebranded and became something else. Sure. But it, internally, yeah. America has con- has issues right now because of the inner party debates and, you know, how the media has now segmented. Itself. They're already talking about civil war, you know. Like, yeah, but they, they, this is a way for, for Americans to, yeah. to, to. And same thing with Russia. Russia is self-centered is, again, uh, like really not on sturdy <laughs> foundations, you know, so like. Fair. Who knows what's going to happen to Russia in the next twenty, thirty years if it's it'll still exist? You know? I, I think so. I think it'll. It, it's. It, I think it tests. It's stayed I, the test of time. Just look at a hundred years ago. The na- the number of countries that existed a hundred mm. years ago. You had the Ottoman Empire. Mm. You know, like which had most of the Middle East. You know, you had countries like Prussia. Mm. You know, like like there are so many countries that don't exist anymore, mm. and we've almost forgotten about them. And it's only a hundred years. Mm. You know, so in the next hundred years, who knows? Europe also had a weird name, didn't it? It had like Euro Russia. What was it called? Eurasia. Eurasia. No. Um, no. Um, forgot the name. And it was it was against Prussia. There was another. They they basically joined it together. Danny, can you look that up? What was that? They had the Holy Roman Empire. No, 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 no. Europe used to be. Oh, I don't know how to search that up. Prussia. Try Prussia versus Euro. Europe. Prussia was like part of Germany. Yeah, they they called it. They called it. They had a special term for it. No. Oh, and just type in maybe history of Europe state history of Europe, and then maybe it'll show up. I think it's always been called Europa. Maybe Europa? I don't think Europa's so. Europa's the goddess. The mm. Not goddess. I think she was a girl mm. um, from Lebanon who was kidnapped 
by Zeus uh, and taken to Europe, and that's why they called her. That's why they call Europe. Uh, it's named after her. Classic antiquities, Middle Ages, Modern Ages. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll find it for you and I'll send it to you on Instagram. Sure. It's uh, it's tip of my tongue. Did we get the cigarettes? It's coming, I think. Oh. It's on the way. Can you message them and find out how long it's gonna oh, no. take? Sorry, I just thought I heard the bell. No worries. Do you want a, Do you want another coffee? Do you want another drink? No, I'm all right. You sure? I'm still sipping on this. We, we've got coffee and whiskey and anything else you want as a mixer. No, no, I'm not gonna have a drink. You sure? Yeah, yeah. I I might have some in a bit. Go for it. Go for it. Honestly. I have some in a bit. It's always lonely to drink by yourself. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> No fear pressure. <laughs> no, no. But I, I, I'm not a big drinker anymore. Okay. Like the older I get, the more I'm like, ugh. I, it just, I, I, I feel it in my body for like three days. No one's telling you to get drunk. Yeah, but even like a little bit. Even a glass fucks yeah, you over. Like a glass. It's not that I get fucked over. Yeah. Like it takes. I have to drink a lot to actually get tipsy or anything. But like I still get the hangover. No, you you are tipsy already by the second drink. You just don't want to <laughs> admit it. So you're like, yeah, I'm gonna honestly, get blackout. No, out. I have a very high tolerance usually. But okay. It's just it's like I get the hangover, but not the high. Oh, that's so. It's a, yeah. So that's why I don't drink. I'm like, it's just a. I I think it's like I think what it is it's self denial because I bet you if you ask strangers they'll be like yeah yeah that guy's <laughs> he's <laughs> he's all the sauce <laughs> he's sludging yeah. your words yeah fine <laughs> uh, I think the older you get the more your body's just like fuck this you know really I know so many old people who are like especially women who are like the 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 best of their life uh yeah, some people are like embalmed by booze you know like they drink a lot and it. You know, they can handle it. I know a 65-year-old that goes clubbing till 3 a.m. Yeah, I'm not that. Yeah. Like, I grew up in the clubs, and as soon as I hit 30, I was like, you know what? I'm old now, and I'm happy about it. And I don't want to, like, go back to clubbing or going, you know what I mean, in festivals. Mm. And I'm very happy sitting on my couch watching TV and being boring, you know. I agree. No, like, I, I I disagree with being boring. I agree yeah. with the part of... Uh, I mean, I'm never boring. I just mean there like, we sarcastically. Go. <laughs> I, I hate that. I, I really have started to really, really hating clubbing. Hmm. It's it's like it's near the maximum now. Oh, God. Like now it's like, like, okay, in the last few years I've gone to one or two clubs, but it's like when I go, I'm like, geez, people still do this? <laughs> like it feels so old school now. Like I would seriously... The idea of... Yeah, I would seriously pay extra yeah. in order to have yeah. a quiet room in the club. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just yeah. give me like a, give me like a club, right? Yeah. Maybe a nice window that you can see the the stage or whatever. Yeah. And just make it like soundproof. I, I want to <laughs> I, I want to be with my friends. I want to talk. I want to get to know. You know, I, sure, I, I, sure, I don't sure. want to be in a loud room where nobody can talk. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. I don't enjoy it anymore. I mean, th- at that point, you might as well go to theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like. Just sit at home and watch TV. You know, this is one of the things that really I miss from from um, from the UK is is not having access to theater. Why do you want to be like Hollywood? That's America's thing. You know, you do your own thing. Yeah. Stop just trying to copy what they're doing. You know, like. But there's a reason why. We both know why. What do you mean? It's for soft power, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a great tool for propaganda. The the U.S. has used Hollywood. For yeah. for seven hundred years almost for eighty decades yeah. for eight decades, but they don't need that here. They have absolute power. 
Ooh, I think they they would. I think if we're the last feudal states of the world, you know. Oh like, no, there's plenty still around. No, but with proper absolute monarchies, <laughs> it's the Gulf and maybe what like Brunei and like maybe just a handful of others. Brunei, Thailand, yeah. uh, Japan, yeah. most of Asia. I mean, you can count China as not being ruled by a crown, no but they're but not it's not an absolute monarchy like there's no election in china no yeah, one knows what who gets sure. to choose the party yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's communist regime. right yeah. i mean china is an interesting animal in general yeah. western part of the gulf was all bahrain you know mm. and that was the where the aquifers were and that's mm. where you had a bit of greenery you know like um but again nothing compared to iran and the wealth it has you know uh agricultural mineral cultural etc you know but they've been like an empire sure. for the longest time and yani the gulf we only got our independence in the 70s now, bahrain know. only had its independence in, from 1971 yeah which well, was the, part well, of the, but the whole gulf it was around the same year or two yani but because i don't 71 think 71 to 73 yeah saudi wasn't part of the uh, Br- british colonies bahrain was 100 yeah. i'm sure about this yeah and they've been since 17 the british didn't even want saudi they didn't care they yeah. were like this bunch of desert with a bunch of bedouin tribes like mm. what are we going to get out of them mm. like we can't tax them mm. you know like the ottoman had the hijaz mm. you know and then you know at least the hijaz was still ruled by the al-sharif clan who's which was the prophet muhammad's clan mm. You know, from pre-Islamic times right up until Al Saud came and well, kicked, I mean, out, kicked out the Ottomans and resettled the Al Sharifs as the sure. royal family of Jordan. Sure, know. but I mean, you you don't forget that. I mean, we're, we're going further back, but even if we go even closer back to history, we had Roosevelt going to see Malik Faisal mm. in 1947, yeah, and um, in 1952, 1953. When when they turned up the oil oil price to a hundred dollars, I think yeah, a, yeah. no, it wasn't a hundred dollars a barrel back then. The seventies, it was in the seventies. Yeah, talking, yeah, yeah, and and the of course the U.S. at the time threatened yeah. we're gonna flatten you. Yeah, and in the fifties it was when the when Iran tried to nationalize. Yeah, when yeah, they, yeah, yeah. When yeah, they elected yeah, yeah. Mossadegh, and, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and yeah. the CIA, CIA did destabilize that. Yeah. yeah, they removed him and they put the Shah back in power. But I mean, it's crazy how like I, I, they, I would love to read a book of of just like acts of the CIA. I would love to know. Oh, I'm sure they they exist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I would love to know in all the different regions that they've that they've gone and, yeah, and yeah, put yeah. their fingers in it. <laughs> it's not just the CIA. I mean, the CIA is much more recent. For the longest time, it was the British Empire. Yeah. You know? I mean, even in Bahrain, like in Bahrain, then in the 50s, you had uprisings, you know, against Charles Belgrave, mm, 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 you know, mm. uh, because they were like, we have no issue being under the British Empire, but Charles Belgrave wasn't appointed by the British government. He's not a government official. He's a private citizen, a consultant hired by the Sheikh, but he was de facto head, he was like head of the courts, head of the hospitals, head of the education, head, head of, of the military. infrastructure. Head of everything, you know, yani, and they're like, it's just a private citizen, you know, shkhasla. Do you think that's the reason why Bahrain has this like weird obsession with, with the UK? Yeah, at the, at the government level, sure. I mean, even if I you mean, talk to, 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 to normal people on the street, they also were like, oh, vacation, 
Land Rover. That's true. For again, for a long Jaguar. time, Jaguar. You know, because the British were seen as like. Okay, you want? Okay, give me one second. Yeah, oh. take your time. The beginning of 2020, there was a revolution, and then there was a pandemic, uh, and then I left right before the explosion happened, mm. and then there was like, okay, can't go back. Mm-hmm. I tried to move to Istanbul. You tried to move to Istanbul? How'd that yeah. work out for you? Uh, terrible. I got robbed. Okay. What? Bur- burgled in my sleep. Oh, okay. Um, Is that better or worse? Better. Yeah? Yeah, I had no idea. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, I just woke up and everything was gone, but, like, I didn't feel... Like, everybody was like, thank God, you know, like, they didn't stab you or anything. I'm like, yeah, I was sleeping. Like, you know, there was no reason to. I'm glad it happened in my sleep. Um, and I had very considerate thieves. Like, they they took everything, and my wallet included, but they removed my CPR and driver's license, and they kept them by... T- by the table, you know, it was it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen thieves, we don't have yeah, enough of those anymore. It's nice, considerate. You yeah, know? like it's like you've troubled me enough. You didn't have to make me go and you know to the ministries and embassies and yeah, whatever yeah, else. Yeah. yeah, they're like poor fucker, you know. Like, <laughs> so that I'm guessing so that happened, and that's when I, yeah, that happened in January this year, and then I moved back to Bahrain January this year, and I'm still kind of on the fence about settling back here or moving again. Like I love Bahrain, but I also don't love Bahrain. Mm. You know, like I love it, but I'm over it. Mm. Like it's small, it's limited. Career-wise, you know, 80% of my clients are out of Bahrain, especially in Saudi. Yeah. Um, and it's, everything's becoming more expensive here, too, you know. And uh, all my friends are, of course, you know, have their own lives, married, kids, etc., etc., you know. So it's not like it was before, you know. In, in my teens and my 20s, I was super social and Bahrain was a great place to be, you know, like, okay, okay. But now it's like, if you're more, you're living a quieter life, you know, it's just so boring and so limited and so flat and beige and, and living in the Mediterranean for, for five years, you know, I got used to green mountains and beautiful beaches and a sun that you actually love. So what, what are your options? South Africa? Um, I don't know. Greece? Right yeah, like it's, it depends, on, a lot depends on visa, quality of life. South African crime is very high. You can go to Argentina and get that passport? Yeah, it's too far away though. There's, like, a, I, I remember someone else telling me there's like one of those countries where you pay like, I think it's like $20,000. Yeah, yeah. You get a passport. Uh, they have that even with Greece and Costa Rica and Portugal and stuff, but, um, First, I don't want to be too far away. You know, that's why I looked at Lebanon, Turkey, etc. Just because of I mean, I mean, family's here. You know, like, uh, like I do, I do still have work here. I do still have to come back at least once or twice a year. You know, okay. yeah, so I don't want to be too far away. Like, I don't want to be in South America or South Africa, or you know, get on a fifteen-hour flight to come home. I mean, you're uh, talking about it like it's a six weeks voyage. It's a 15 hour flight. I mean, it's not even to a day. To me, it feels that way. Uh, to me, to me, a three hour flight needs like so much mental preparation and like. We're very different men. No, I hate flying. I 
just it's not like i wouldn't mind if i had a private jet but okay the airport and the waiting and the people and the I just feel like I'm looking at a snapshot of humanity and it is disgusting. Really? <laughs> yeah. We have very different. I love it because for me, it's 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 always exciting. Go, 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 go. Nice. No, I'm much more cynical. <laughs> like, <laughs> loathsome of my fellow human. No, for me, it's always like, am I going to make the flight? That's how my mind goes. Yeah. So I'm always like the thrill of happiness when I have my ass nice. in the airplane seat. Hmm. No, I just can't wait for it to be over. And then, like, as soon as I land in another country, I'm like, I just don't want to leave. Especially if the weather's good, you know. Mm. You're not inhaling dust and pollution. And well, things. where are you going? Ta- Tahiti? By anywhere. Like, even just anywhere that's not the fucking desert, you know. Like, <laughs> give me a tree. Give me something that gives me oxygen, you know. Here we're like, oh, land of a million palm trees and let's plant palm trees every palm trees suck. Palm trees are so bad for the environment. Okay. Like they suck up so much water. Okay. You know, well, they produce dates. They got they got their business. Yeah, dates are terrible for you. They're nothing but sugar. No, they're not terrible. They were great for you in the year 610 when you had no fucking supermarkets. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I love dates. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that... Would you like some dates? We, we <laughs> I, Sure. But I'm just saying we idolize them as a symbol, you know, like... Well, listen, look, look, what, what is it? There's like 48,000 mushroom varieties on planet Earth that we've found so far, and only 300 of them is edible. Right? I, I, I think from, okay, the numbers are a bit different from what I hear. I, I heard there's like 700,000 varieties of fungi in general. Okay. Um, but we've only discovered about 25 of them. Mm. And out of those 25 is what we make like penicillin antibiotics cheese you know sourdough bread whatever like sure the good bacteria in our gut etc whereas there's so like i'm fascinated by mushrooms and fungi well fungi and mushrooms are two different animals though in general mushrooms the reproduce the fruit sure of the fungi but the fungi itself is the main absolutely it's like the internet of the forest you know like you are you talking you're talking about that same guy um that fungi expert I don't know. He wears a hat that's made of a mushroom. Oh, no. I'll, I'll share it with I've you later. I've just, like, seen a lot of stuff about mushroom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, guys. because I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, are, what human diets is supposed to be. Um, some people argue that, that obviously you should be well, vegan. Other meat, others. Listen, as far as diets go or mm, cuisines, nutrition. let's say, uh most nutritionists agree that the mediterranean diet is the best you know it's interesting whether you're eating lebanese or greek or cypriot or whatever you know southern french southern italian it's going to be 70 percent vegetables of some sort Mm -hmm. you know and then like 15 percent carbs 15 percent protein you know it's it's low in meat but very high in vegetables so they say yani Rationally and according to the sciences, the Mediterranean diet is usually a very good diet. Sure. However, there are people who, for instance, vegetables cause autoimmune diseases, mm, you know, and they're better off on a carnivore diet. Some people are directly the opposite, you know, meat and dairy is really bad for them, you know, and they're better off on a vegan diet. So it's I, I don't think there's a one size fits all sort of 
you know? I, I mean, if you're talking about lifespan at, at, as, 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 as an indicator for dietitianary, then Japan has got a lockdown. Yeah, it's not right? just lifespan, it's also quality of life, you know? It's, uh, that's true. Like, for instance, like, when you, like, that's one thing I loved about living in Lebanon because you just see these old ladies who are, any, like, I walk uphill for like two minutes and I'm like out of breath and dying. Mm. And this 90-year-old woman is, like, walking with her back straight and, like... Yeah, but she's been struggling she's all been, her life, you know? No, no, no. She, she's, she's... Yeah, I mean, She's tough because she's yeah, been through a She's t- moving. You yeah. Know? She's not living a, a sedentary lifestyle like we do, you know? She she never... she And she's used to farming and foraging and moving and, you know, building and doing... Yeah, I mean, that itself is exercise and movement and stuff like that, you know. Fair, um, but I think your data set is incorrect because you're only looking at the ones that managed to overcome it. The no, others with the broken backs are like, like, like dead. But, but they found that um, the main indicator, the because the they've done a lot, you know, they've looked at villages in Japan and Italy, you know, like the, centu- the Centurion or Centurion... Mm. Uh, villages where where it's mostly old people who are over a hundred live. Mm. There are like hotspots in the world, mm. um, and they couldn't figure out whether it's because methadone. Well, some of them smoke and drink. Some of them never did. Some of them are vegan. Some of them are not. Some of them sleep. Some of them don't. Some of them have stressful jobs. Some of them don't. So they're like, we couldn't find like that connective thread common indicator except for one thing and that was that the people who lived up to 100 or beyond 100 uh they felt like they were part of a community Mm. and it's not that they had best friends like a lot of them their children had grown up and moved away and they never saw their grandkids and shit like that but the daily hello to the next door baker the flower the florist the you know the cold store guy, the the quick hello, good morning. The that is what they had in common. You I know, see that. people were part of their daily routine. You know what I mean? Like those little chats, those little catch ups, and just feeling part of the community was something more important and much stronger than like having a best friend or having a husband or wife for life. You know, or being super close to your kids. Like that didn't matter. They, yeah. It's interesting they bring that up because I know, I know scientifically, uh, the literature indicates that you're three times more likely to reach a hundred if you have more than three kids. More than three kids. Yeah. Yeah. So there yeah. seems to be a correlation between community yeah. and and life expectancy. Yeah. Which isn't I'll probably that die by sixty because I do not want kids. <laughs> you say that now. You no, say that no, now. I've been saying that for a long time and. I mean, I'm pushing forty. I'm not young, like, and I know. Come for on, forty is a new I thirty. I know for sure. I do not want kids. First of all, like, I don't like people. Okay. So I don't want to create one. Okay, it's very different yeah. because that's a mini me. That's a mini you. But I don't have that ego. I don't need to. It's not cre- ego. Yeah, I don't need a mini me. Okay. You know, uh, and I don't need to feel some sort of God complex where it's like, haha, I created life, you know, like. I don't know. If you, <laughs> you're <laughs> like, saying it very pessimistically. I, I am, you know. But also, like, first of all, they're cute little babies for like this much of the time, and then they're just 
some dude. <laughs> okay. Know, for like the it's rest good, good. of it, it you know, like for most of the time, they're just like some asshole called Aboud, you know, or whatever. So you've really chosen the name. That's good. I okay. don't know. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying like in general, you know, and Abu Aboud, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> And on top of it, like, they're, they're fucking expensive, you know? And I like my money. I work hard for my money, and I want to spend it on myself. Yeah. You know? I'm selfish. Okay. You know, like, I want to go on vacations, and I want to buy nice food, and I want to buy pretty things, and I don't want to spend my money on my kids' fucking $20,000, like, a year school or... Statistically, you, know, you earn more money if you have kids. Yeah, 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 but I don't care. I, don't want, I still want my money for myself, you know? Like, <laughs> um, and... I don't know. Like, I just eat, like, I have nieces and nephews. I barely know their names and ages. And even I'm sure they that, appreciate that. No, I'm just saying, like, they, even if I, when I have the chance to be some sort of proxy parent, I don't know what to do with the kid, you know? Like, 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 put me with a four year old and I'm like, so what do you do for a living? You know, like, I don't know how to communicate with them. You know, I was never a child myself. Mm. I, I don't have. You were always born old, you mean? Oh fuck yeah! I was, <laughs> I was just born full of ennui. <laughs> like, I came out of the womb with a cigarette. <laughs> like, Maybe she moved to Paris. Of life, you know, like the world's yeah. smallest violin. I think you should yeah. move to Paris. I think you'll yeah. you'll fit in very well. My mom always asks me. She's like, like, why do you smoke? You know, I'm like, why else? It says so on the pack. It's it's gonna kill me younger. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're promises making, promises yeah i don't know? think like, i don't think you're, you're there's a correlation though sadly i don't think no, I know. or causation really. rather i i found out a very interesting fact because mm. i was always like oh i'm surely gonna die of lung cancer i've been smoking for 20 years mm. turns out only 15 percent of smokers, not even like like 12 to 15 percent of smokers get lung cancer mm. I was like, well, that's disappointing, <laughs> you know, like you make it sound like we're all going to die, you know, like, but so it, it is nicotine in general is one of the most interesting drugs on the planet. It's second only to caffeine as a neurotropic booster. Here, here's the thing. I, I don't look at it as a drug, of course, you know, for me, it's more of a social ritual and a personal ritual. Like I don't smoke cigarette this many cigarettes when I'm alone. Mm. But if I'm having a conversation, you know, like, or I'm at a bar or whatever, then yeah, I'll chain smoke, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, interesting, it's a social tool, you know, um, and for me, like every cigarette is a fuck you to life. Okay. You know what I mean? It's the rebel in me. Yeah. It, that just won't go to bed, you know? Like, you say that now, and I'm sure <laughs> by the time you're 60, you're going to be like, just one more day. <laughs> just let me watch one more sunrise. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, like, I want that desire to live a long, healthy life and to, you know, quit smoking and eat healthy and go to the gym and, but that hasn't clicked yet. I'm a ho I'm hoping it will in the next couple. Your health, of years. your first health scare usually causes it to like for men. I've at had least. many health scares. It doesn't click still. Well, because uh, funny enough that we bring this up, I have a neighbor of mine. His daughter came out as lesbian, mm. disowned her. Was okay. Like, Those feet don't fucking come near me. You're banned from the family. All this kind of stuff, and for eight, almost ten years, no contact. Really bullied the mom. Whenever she tried to like reach out to her other daughter, yeah. like extreme case. 
he had a health scare where he had a heart attack. Mm. And when he woke up from the heart attack, the only thing he, he begged his wife was to call both her daughters and mm. to apologize to the les to the to the lesbian yeah, daughter yeah. and and try to make up and spend time with her. That's sweet. And it's it fascinated me and she and, well, because I talked to him about it and I said, well, what changed in your head? And he just said, well, life is just too short to be upset for something like this. And I yeah. just was like blown away by that. Yeah. That's sweet. But the the more failed relationships she has, I have to preface this, yeah. the more he dislikes it. <laughs> it's going backwards. <laughs> See, like, my dad had a heart attack. I never got a call, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, mm. I don't have much of a relationship. Well, I say much of, I don't have a relationship with my dad. And it's very much by choice on from both sides. Mm. And it's always been that way. Do you think you guys are just too similar? Too. In many ways, but also I think he just never wanted a son. Mm. And I never wanted a dad. <laughs> like, I'm very like French of I, you. I was very happy. Like when my friends were, oh, my dad is busting my ass. My dad's making me do this. Or like my dad will beat me up. Or I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have like someone. Again, all negative. All negative yeah, yeah, again. No, I was very happy. I had no one to answer to. You sure. know? And my mom is awesome. My mom was always more of a best friend than, than, than a parent, you mm. know? So I was always open to her. Like I talked to her about boys or smoking or whatever, you know, like it's always been open. We've always had that relationship. You know, she's never like judged me or punished me or anything like that. You know, um, she allowed me to be who I am. Mm. Uh, whereas even now, <laughs> like my sister will be like, you know, like don't, even now you're older like don't you want a relationship with your father i'm like no like i don't see the value in it mm. you know and because my sisters have a close relationship with him you know they go see him all the time you know etc but for me it's like it's very unnecessary you know like it's, it's difficult it's it's not so, like you can't miss something you never had you know sure. what i mean Sure. Like, I don't have a concept of having a father, of some male figure, you know, to tell me what to do or guide me or whatever. I've always yeah. been the self, like, I taught myself how to shave and do all the manly, you know, things. And, like, I never needed my dad for that. Mm. You know? Uh, it's interesting that you designated it in, in that very particular field again. Mm. I think the what utilitarian value that you're seeing in that relationship, you're undermining it by a great ability. <laughs> I mean, there's there's more to a father and son relationship than teaching you how to shave and talk about girls, right? Well, yeah, of course. But I don't think my dad knew how to be a good dad to his son. Most dads don't know how to be like, dads. Yeah, but most dads try. I don't know, know even about that. <laughs> I think my dad from the get-go, because like he was so happy when he had his daughters. You know, and loves them and cherishes them. But like, and my mom told me, like, like from the moment we found out the sex, he just kind of shut off. You know, like there was something in him. I think because he, he didn't grow up with a dad either. Mm. His dad died when he was really young. Mm. You know, so there's probably a lot like, you know, he had no idea how to be a dad to a son. You know, so uh, he knows yeah. how to be an uncle, though, doesn't he? I guess. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know him well enough. I haven't seen him in over 20 years. I mean, it's like, 
but again, like I said, you don't, you can't miss something you never had. Sure, but he can be envious of things you don't have. No, that's the thing. I was, I was never envious. You know, when I looked at my friends' relationships with their dads, to me, it's, it's a very weird relationship. Yeah, because from your explanation point of view, it was all negative. And not just that, like here, the, especially in our culture, the father is king. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to like bow to him and kiss his hand and shit, mm-hmm. you know. And I bow to no one, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I never felt that sense of inferiority. I've always quite the opposite. You know? Again, like, I, you're the way you're describing this. <laughs> It's like so one-sided. I've, you know, I've never heard of anyone going telling me like, oh yeah, it's like a sense of inferiority. I mean, Don't sure, you me have like, I've, I know great dads. I've seen great dads with their, but they're younger and more educated and more, you know, uh, like emotionally intelligent enough to be fathers. Whereas the majority of the dads I know, like, should not. Like I've been saying this since I was like twelve, thirteen. You know, like I believe every guy when he hits puberty, he should get a mandatory vasectomy. You know? Okay. Freeze some of the sperm in a sperm bank. Okay. Just just in case. Because that is a reversible procedure. But okay. just in case, have backup. And when you're ready to have a child to procreate, then you get the thing reversed, you know? But first, you have to get evaluated. Okay. You know, you need to go through training to drive a car. You need a license to operate heavy machinery, etc. Okay. Because lives are at stake, right? Lives are in your are your responsibility. Okay. If you're gonna fly a plane or drive a car or whatever, you know, like parenting is the same. No one gives licensing or training or evaluation. You have a very you have a lot of know? belief in institutions, which I find is very interesting. No, I think I think there's some very basic stuff like if you like you got to be financially able, you got to be psychologically stable. You know, you got to be like not everyone should be a fucking parent. You know, and I think that's a very <laughs> different argument than saying you should go to vasectomy and go to a like parent school. Yeah, <laughs> those I mean, are two I mean, very listen, different things. Uh, more than half marriages end up in divorce yeah. you know and especially here in the region the the rates are even higher when but it comes let's to be the honest it's because the society's become more liberalized and that's why same as in in western societies here we get, our divorce rates are higher here than western societies because it's been more liberalized no no absolutely because, because the, the there's a lot because a lot of marriages are basically arranged and the people realize they don't like each other arranged marriages tend you know? to do better than love marriages Statistically, the the numbers say. Can you double check that for me, Danny? Again, it depends on where you're talking. What you're uh, like, if in India, it's a different story. It, numbers are numbers, right? And we're just looking at it from a global perspective. No, but, he, but here, a lot of people are not marrying out of duty, because there's farms that need to be inherited and land needs to be merged. That's not how marriages work here. Here, a lot of it is a business. It's a transaction. Wait, the divorce rate for arranged marriages is less than 4% versus 40% of marriages in the U.S. where parents choose to marry the, on their own free will. Can you, can you look it but up? That's for the like, U.S. And they... Can you look at global rate? I mean, most of the data sets are obviously going to be either India or the U.S. I read something more. I'm talking about Bahrain, you know, like I read something that different. A, they are. People are more similar than different. But, he, but when it comes to dating and marriage and relationships, it's very different. In the West, 
it's very different. You know, even the divorce laws are different. Here, a woman doesn't get half what the guy get, has, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like she has to have a dowry. She has to have, you know. Which the, is not the, a bad thing either. But I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that like the, it's not the same thing. Yeah, but men in the, the US. The type of marriage, the structure of marriage, the quality of the marriage, the objective of the marriage, the everything, the, everything that happens before the marriage, during and after are very, very different when we're talking about Khaliji Islamic marriages compared to Western marriages. Okay, fine. Let's Here, for instance, like in the first year, 73% end up in divorce in the first year. Mm-hmm. It goes to 50% in the second year. Mm. You know, like because they're putting a boy and a girl together who have not had that much experience in relationships, you know, have not cohabitated with someone of the opposite sex it's not a very bad thing either no but what i'm saying is it's a like even if you meet someone you like and you're like oh yeah we love each other you know let's get married living together is a whole other ball game you know like i know people who were secretly in love for like six seven eight years and then got married made it official a year later they got divorced yeah, because they love yeah. the idea of, of hiding it. it no, not secret. just that, but like living together is a very, it can be very different. You, like you could be mentally and emotionally compatible, but you don't have to be domestically compatible. You could be, you could hate living with each other. Yeah, but this is all same. Same goes with your best friends. Sure. You know, like you could love your best friend, but they don't have to be necessarily make a great roommate. Sure. It could be an awful roommate, you know. I hear where you're coming from. Domesticity is a different ball game. And especially like when we're talking about a lot of people here are not getting married with all the forethought of pre-planning and family and financially planning for it. And a lot of that, a lot of them are getting married because they're young, they're horny, they're not allowed to date. They just want something. Yani at the eight, I'm sorry, but like at 19 or 20 or 22, like you're not wise enough to make sound decisions you know about like your life in terms of why do you say this your pre- your prefrontal lobe doesn't finish uh developing until like, after you're 21 who, who gives a shit Thir- in, in, a thousand years ago by the 30s by the age of 30 you were dead you were married by the time you had that your first child child, yeah, but that's 14. not the case anymore yeah it's only been a hundred years since we had a childhood prior to that you were off working true true but what i'm saying is but we do live in a different world now you know, and uh, you don't no, need... only because we're westernized. Go to places like in Thailand. Go to places like yeah. Vietnam. <laughs> you're six years yeah. old and you're working on a shoe, <laughs> right? I mean, let's yeah. not kid ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And that, but that's the thing. But that's not the case here. And what do they know? teach in America, and, by the way? Yeah. The moment you're 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 old enough to to hold cash, what do they try to instill in you? Well, go run a lemonade shop. Go hustle. Yeah. Go earn money. That's from yeah. that is like as as it's part a, of because it's a very capitalist society. You know? well, well, every every society is capitalistic. Yeah. Even well, here, communist so societies. Here, here, a lot of people. It's based on inherited wealth. A lot of people get only for the last hundred yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Before that, we were poor. There we go. Right. Yeah. And you, you, you can, you can, you can, you can argue about it. You can cry about it. You can say, "Listen, it's not fair." But listen, if your house is on fire, your house is on fire. You're not worried about tomorrow. You're trying to save whatever you got yeah, to yeah, save, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so I, I feel like a lot of people who 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 have these emotional issues uh, uh, 
they 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 forgot what like what like what really it feels like to get punched in straight in the face. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's only when you're like when you're struggling do you realize yeah, how yeah, good yeah. you've had it, you know? Oh yeah, and especially nowadays, you know, like all like most businesses being started like let's say in Saudi, sure, more so than Bahrain. It's just because daddy has you know lots of money mm-hmm. and you know it's not the hustle it's not the like i work with a lot of clients who i mean just in the past year i've worked on 12 restaurant brands in saudi mm. and the people the clients themselves are not restaurant people mm. they never worked at a restaurant they never but why would you just be an investor then? Why are you opening a shop at all? Why not just go look because for... I have a dream and... No, I not you. Money. I'm saying yeah. from their end. Like if, if I was just... Like if I was in a position where I would just like, listen, I got X amount of capital and I want to generate more capital. I wouldn't... The last thing I would do would be setting up a business, right? Mm. I, I'd be either... I'd be looking either for, for established business that has already a profit going on. Yeah. Like the, for the last five years or so. And then put money towards it. Buy ownership or yeah. stake. That, that's what but I have to it's do. It's the same case here, you know. Like, you've, how many? Remember a few years ago, there was the cupcake craze. Yeah. You know, coffee shops. Everyone and their sister was like making cupcakes and selling them, and you know, then there was the burger shop craze, you know, and just like, but you have so many people who are opening restaurants, and they know they know nothing about the business. You know, sure. and most of them shut down in the first year, you know. But that's like, the same as with bars. 90% yeah. or 80% of bars shut down within the first yeah. three years. And and I don't know how, you, like, I, I mean, I say this rhetorically, but I don't mm. know how a bar can shut down because it's basically a money yeah. printing machine if it's yeah. run correctly. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're selling a good that, that, yeah. <laughs> that no one's going to turn down. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I Not everyone has a head for business, you know. Like, there's... Uh, I read somewhere that there's two types of business approaches. Mm-hmm. One, this is going to be good. Go on. Yeah, you are either an architect or you are a gardener. Okay. An architect has a plan, has a blueprint, and builds exactly to that plan. Mm-hmm. If he even deviates a little bit, the whole structure doesn't work. The gardener is different. The gardener plants the seed, and then every day, day by day. He tends to it. He checks on it. He waters it. He sees, does it grow this way? Does it grow that way? Does it need more this? Does it need more sun? Do I move it? You know, and that's his approach to business. You know, it's just like, let's just take each day as it comes. Mm. Uh, It's just, it depends, you know, who you are. Some, some people are fantastic as gardeners, you know, and they have the patience and they have the whatever. And some people are fantastic as architects. You know, they have the foresight and the vision and the, you know, the ability to turn their vision into a reality. I I would say I would I would say that there are some people who are who know how to start a business, and there's people who know how to run a business. Yeah. And very few know how to do both. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs, for example, was great at 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 starting, at starting yeah. it, and he fucked it up until yeah. it clicked. And he just concentrated on starting products. Steve Jobs, here's the thing. Designers make terrible managers, mm. you know, because they're artists at heart. Mm. And they're not engineers. They're not managers. They're, they, they're more uh, right brain than left brain, mm. you know. Uh, whereas the managers are different, 
You know, the managers don't give a shit about the creative side of things. Uh, you know? And I'm not to go too far away from your original point. I, uh, the reason why I believe so many people own, it's fine, as long as it's on your clothes. I don't know if it did or not. Don't worry about the carpet. Um, yeah, uh, most businesses that I know that start coffee shops, here in the society is an interesting thing because they don't like to innovate as much as they like to copy. Yeah. This is the interesting part of it, mm -hmm. right? And well, like I said, we're nations of consumers rather than producers. I, I agree like with in, in, in that case, yeah. It's easier to just copy something you saw while you were on vacation. That's you know, why so many coffee shops in exist Turkey here. or whatever, you know. And oh, but that's also, this is also an aspect of what? I mean, it's nice that people are, in a sense, hustling, not in the true yeah. sense of bootstrapping it. Fine. Yeah. I mean, sure, they use daddy's there money or mama's people, mummy. Like, there's, there's, there's some real talent here in Bahrain. Mm. You know, but then you see a lot of great fashion designers, photographers, you know, chefs, etc. But they just don't have. No one believes in them. No one supports them. No one invests in them. You know, there, there aren't the right platforms and channels and stuff like that to do to help them along. Even when you go to like the Bahrain Entrepreneurs Organization or whatever, any of these NGOs and societies, you know, it's still an old voice club. It's still very much just a, a circle jerk, you know. It's there's nothing real. It's all talk, no action, you know. It's okay. A, so it's it can be very hard to be successful here, you know. Sure. A lot of success can is rides on luck a lot of the time. The hebba, as we say, you know, like. Wasta. Well, this wasta. A lot of times, yeah, it's like some. Uh, recently, there was the whole thing with the rangina. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's a fad. It, you know, a few days later, it's over. Mm. You know, that's not solid business foundations. But okay, you know? I mean, let's let's break. You can't build your whole business on rangina that became popular overnight. Sure. You, you know what I mean? But you're taking it. You're taking a massive issue and then and then saying it is simply because of one fault of mechanism. It's the multiple steps of, of failure. You have you have a, a a local population who doesn't who's not interested in local produce or products. Yeah. Right. If you produce a textile brand, if you produce a uniform, if you produce uh, a handbags, if you produce whatever and it's made in Bahrain, yeah. people will think it's trash. Right. The value is less. Because people still think something from outside is better. Absolutely. Even hiring like a British consultant over a Bahraini consultant. Thank or you very much. A British photographer over a Bahraini photographer, etc. Thank you very much. Dan can tell you how how uh, how how hard is it to get photography gigs gigs or video gigs here? Yeah. And how uh, and and how much do you get get paid and how much does a Saudi usually get paid? Oh yeah, very different. Even if they're both expats, but just yeah, from yeah. one is a Saudi company yeah. and one is a Bahraini company, yeah. producing the same level of skill, the same yeah. end product. Yeah, it's tragic. It, it, but this is the problem of, of of what's happening, right? And then it it happens at every level, it, it, even from from a governance standpoint, where you're where you're, like I just earlier mentioned the story of of them saying, yeah, we're going to bring in a U.S. and French and a British firm or whatever yeah. to make movies for for Sundance films here. It's yeah. like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, that that's the core of the let's, issue. Let's get Ernst and Young to come and yeah, <laughs> consult us on how to produce a film. You know? Who's the guy who ran to France? The director. Yeah, ran away to France because he had sex with like a fourteen-year-old. 
Pick, Roman, pe- Polanski. Roman Polanski. Yeah. We should get him in. <laughs> We've had Michael Jackson. Let's get Roman Polanski. Why not? Dude, can you imagine? Yeah, we, yeah. we would be definitely on the Sundance <laughs> film. Let's wrestle the Johnson. Let's see if he's willing to come to Bahrain. I don't know. It's funny. But even, again, it's uh, like Qatar uh, and Dubai and Saudi all do the same. You know, They will still bring in foreign talent. Mm. And, you know. Uh, Are you talking high level or low level now? Both. Because yeah. small like, companies cannot afford McKenzie. No, I'm talking like, for instance, the governments, Yanni, and the high. This, but you know why they, they do it. They still rely on them to come and tell them like what to do and who to hire. And of course, they're going to hire companies from outside. Like, like, for example, a lot of my projects that I do for Bahraini clients or, you know, let's say for Bahraini clients, will come to me from a Beirut-based agency. Mm-hmm. You know, the ministry or authority or bank or whatever here hires a Lebanese company to do the work. Mm. And then the Lebanese company Rehires hires you. a Bahraini to come and do the work. I know. it's That's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous. And the Lebanese company will charge you know, all the way up, you mm. know, they'll charge three, four times as much as they would a Lebanese client, let's say. Sure. Um, but don't forget. And people are just ignorant about it. It's not ignorant. Uh, uh, no, there is a lot of ignorance. No, no, no. It, it, know, it, it, a lot of people have their jobs because of Wasla. Sure. They know nothing about their role, their job description, what they're there to do. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, let me just go hire this Lebanese person who th- who looks like he knows a lot. There's that old adage, right? That that everyone gets promoted until they're fail- they fail at their job. I didn't even enter Saudi for the first time until I was 28, you know, like I was just very, I was like, don't go to the dark side, you know, like the belly of the beast. You know, <sighs> you know what? The older I get, the more I miss how Saudi used to be. Yeah. I miss, I'm, I miss how, how, how everything was very clear. I hated that, that women were able to drive. That, that still annoys me. Yeah. Yeah. That really annoys me because I really hoped that, <laughs> that, that, um, driving like that AI cars would yeah. happen before women would drive. <laughs> I just love that idea. <laughs> and we just had like, yeah. we just have like 10 years and we just held on for another 10 yeah. years. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get to the self-driving car thing. Oh, it's happening. It might be able to park and shit, but I don't think it'll drive properly. There's so much money to be saved. 25% True. of the UK economy are, is transportation. But the... There's a, do you know, uh, Yuval Noah Harari? Doesn't he, sound familiar he, at all. He wrote Sapiens and Homo Deus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, I was listening to him in an interview and he was, he made a very, like, good point. He was saying, like, for instance, if you're in a self-driving car mm. and because the, the car is going to do what it's programmed to do. Mm-hmm. So now you're at the, you need to program it to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So if the car is driving you mm-hmm. and suddenly there's like school kids you know crossing the street okay Do, does the car continue straight to kill the, the school kids okay or does it avoid the school kids and go off the cliff and kill the driver okay so you you need to program the computer to sit to say whose life is more valuable is it the one in the car 
Sure. Or is it the one outside the car that sure. you're about to hit? That's an old. Yeah. That's it's a, a very old philosophical question. Do you kill the fat guy or do you do you yeah, move the train the, tracks? Whatever, yeah, you know, it's these these are questions from ancient Greece we've been struggling with, and that's why you can't. When it, there's always going to be that point when you're sitting there trying to program the car. Okay. When you have to decide, you okay. know, and nobody can make that decision. You know, the, yani, this is where laws have to come in place. And here's 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 my counter argument to this. Even if self-driving cars doesn't happen within city limits, just alone on the motorway. Yeah, yeah. In like certain areas, with if it's a straight line, there's no pedestrian. Damam to Riyadh. All the highways. Yeah. If those would be self-driving, and you'd had like, for example, a truck driver yeah. that just drives until like the the city limit, he gets out or sleeps in the car, whatever. Yeah. It gets on a bus, goes back to the city, to next, takes the next drop, on the other end of that destination, the same thing happens, but in mm. reverse. Alone that, alone that would 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 be a massive game changer. I mean, I don't see the point, for instance, in these big trucks. Like, to me, it's like they should all be on their own designated, like, railroad. Oh, okay. All the industrial trucks, you know, that are filling the streets. Sure. You know, but they should, they should just have their own lane or their own... Easier said than done. Yeah, yeah it's easier said than done. I it mean, infrastructurally is a ni- nightmare. Yeah. Or at least like like for instance in some cities like they're not allowed after a certain hour or during rush hour or whatever. Mm. Here they're just because especially like like, like I live in Jafer, and right now in Jif- like it's all construction. Every entrance to Jafer, they're building flyovers and stuff. You know, so but that's it, for the train to go from the airport. No. Yeah, it's not, no. The train from the airport is going to go over from Bahrain Bay over to. Where Marasi is. Oh, okay. I thought it's meant to go to Jafer. I thought that no, because it's supposed to like connect to Qatar eventually. Uh. It's meant to go to Qatar. Supposedly, they haven't even managed to build a second bridge to Saudi. I don't yeah, believe that yeah. for a second. If they, I saw something just a couple of days ago. Um, By the way, you know how much that Sabic structure cost? What? You know, when you drive to Bahrain to Saudi, yeah, there's a commercial for Sabic. Okay. Danny, can you look it up? Uh, Sabic, S A B I C, and then Bahrain statue. And then just go pictures, maybe. No, this is the one in Riyadh. They have a statue by the Bahrain Causeway uh, to, to the bridge. Nope. Right, Causeway. Causeway, maybe. But yeah, so it cost them about 15K. 15k yeah dollars that's 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 nothing nothing. and they managed to get it so cheap because when the contractor who laid the bridge originally when they destroyed like the coral reef and stuff like that (laughs) they overspilled the concrete and so they just added on top of the concrete so it didn't it was like nothing yeah i always say in, in bahrain especially when it comes to like construction and roadworks and stuff like that we do the right thing after we've tried everything else. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> like a road. But there's vested interest in doing that as yeah, well. Come on. Let's not get ourselves with that. Pockets are being lined, you know? I mean, get it right the first time. <laughs> Where's that's the problem for, in that? That's for idiots. Where's the problem yeah, in that? Exactly. No, I, I, there, there are. So how would you solve Bahrain's multitude of, 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 of things? 
multitude of what issues where would where how would you solve them where would you start first of all um i think bahrain is actually in a good position because we have a, a good crown prince and prime minister yeah he has i agree good, with that he has a good head on his shoulders and he's trying to steer the country in a modern direction even if he's still kind of held back by the old guard you mm -hmm. know um, who want to keep things the way they are um in bahrain progress in general is one step forward two steps back okay you know it's always going to be slow um and when you look at yani we were the number one in the gulf you know from for a long time mm -hmm. you know and especially in the 70s and 80s when we were the financial center and the most developed gulf country compared to our bedouin neighbors then dubai rose up mm. they really killed it and they killed it but it didn't light a fire up bahrain's ass you know we just we were like okay good good for you dubai you know like i mean there's also reasons there was jealousy sure but there was but still it was just kind of like okay okay we see you dubai but you know fine now, now dubai is the financial center and they took that from us and now then we're like okay well at least we're we're the number one when it comes to tourism and you know all of that and being liberal and now saudi's trying to do that to be that you know to be the the next destination for tourism and all of that i don't think so maybe, maybe they're spending a shit ton of money trying you know. no they want to be the capital of finance i don't think they want to be the not capital just of tourism. finance even tourism yeah, uh they're like the, the old Al stuff you know like the sanofer islands the well there, there's the, rumors the green that Riyadh city like the, 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 there's a lot of initiatives you know especially by the pif and mbs and all of that you know to to make saudi like a the new Dubai, you know, like Riyadh especially, you know. It's impossible. Riyadh would never be. I think, if, I think, give it, give it 10, 15 years, you e know. Even if you give it 100, um, uh, you, you can't, you can't, you, people want ocean. People want water. You it, cannot yeah. get that in a desert. Yeah. I mean, you can replace that and have inside moles with like, yeah. uh, with skiing and stuff I mean, like that. Still, the Saudi, they do have coast to coast. I mean, they have the Gulf and they have the Red Sea. So. Uh, absolutely. Jubail I mean, yeah. or that. Yes, of course. That's possible. No doubt about it. They're going to develop Al Ahsa soon. They've just set up a fund for it, like an authority for it. And then Al Hijaz Killa, yani, from top to bottom, is going to be. The, the, this is the way I see it. I see. I see Riyadh being like Frankfurt, yeah. capital finance, hard business. Yeah. I'm going to see they've already seat of the government, basically. the seat of the government. It's always been. And I would see that like they've already said to the initiatives, they said to, to, to foreign companies, hey, if you want to operate in Saudi, you have to have your headquarters in Riyadh. Mm. Simple as that. And that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, the, the higher end consultants, the JP Morgans, the Goldman Sachs, mm. the McKenzie's, they're going to spend their weekend in, in Dubai. Yeah. And they're going to have like either the company itself might have like a plane where they just coast them. Yeah. Back and forth on the weekends. Yeah. Because that's the only modality to make that happen. Even if you allow everything in Riyadh, everything, people still want to relax on a beach. I feel like we're in Game of Thrones, you know, and like 
the White Walkers is climate change and we're just like, la, 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 you know, like ignoring it. And... You, you know, I, I spoke to one of the ministers here on the show and their plan or their idea for Bahrain was that Bahrain should be the, the, the retirement home mm. for the West. Instead of Turkey, instead of South Africa, uh, instead of Spain, yeah. get these Europeans, these Americans, who, who or even, even Asia, who have a mm. high level of income who've retired, yeah. they buy a villa, they do whatever, they have beach, yeah. and then you, you concentrate and focus on medical. And then yeah. Bahrain becomes the leader of medical industry in the region. But why would a British person spend five times the amount buying a house in Bahrain when he can do it in Greece or Turkey? I think the living standards of what you find in Bed Bahrain, weather. Bahrain has better living standards than you'll find in Greece true, and Turkey. True, true. It's a hell of a lot safer. Yeah, hell of a lot safer. There's a lot of parts in Turkey that are like retirement havens, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not a new concept and it's not a new idea. The Mediterranean side, you know, and the medical tourism and all of that, you know. I, if you, if you ask me, if Bahrain wants to be the the sure something of the Middle East, it has to be the Amsterdam of the Middle East. Bahrain has to embrace its liberalism, mm -hmm. legalize and regulate regulate prostitution, mm -hmm. legalize marijuana. Mm -hmm. You know, like open the bridge. You know, like make it easier for people to come. You know, especially we have an archipelago of thirty three islands, twenty of which nobody has access to, which could easily be like resort towns and party party cities and like. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Thailand, you know, you have your Koh Phangan and Koh Samui and all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, Bahrain is a place where people want to come and have fun. They want to come and be with their friends. They're not coming here to pray. They're not coming here to... But well, why wouldn't you go to Dubai for that? Why wouldn't you go to Abu Dhabi for that? They come here. The Emiratis and Kuwaitis come to Bahrain to have fun. They can't have fun in their own countries. Fair point. For a Kuwaiti, it's actually cheap. Rather than buying two bottles of vodka there for the weekend, it's cheaper to fly over to Bahrain and spend a week and have fun, have a great time. You were about to say have fun, <laughs> <a> fucking <laughs> yeah. <and> love. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And yani, what you Dubai bad? Like Dubai is like ninety five percent expat. When you go there, you're not hanging out with Emiratis. When you but that's to, Dubai. That's not. Yeah, that's not. Well, when you come to Bahrain, you hang out with Bahrainis. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when, even if you go to the clubs and bars and whatever, there's at least half of the places Bahrainis. You know, you go to the boost shop, it's Bahrainis. Sure, there's expats, don't get me wrong, but we're only about 50% expat compared to Dubai and, and Qatar and Hedemokin. You know, so so. I uh, mean, if we if we really dig into the numbers, it's a yeah. little different of a set of. A... Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I live in Jafar and I look at the cars. And all I see is Kuwaiti, Amani, Emirati, Saudi. Mm, that's fair. You know, Shabab. That's fair. I'm not see. I'm seeing some families, sure, but few. I, I mean, I've, yeah. I, I won't lie to you. I've, I don't really go to Jafar, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not exposed to it. I see it every day. I drive through it every day and every weekend, and I see the, the traffic and the cars and the buildings and the hookers and the pimps. And just, just last year, it was all over the news in the. So they caught this Thai madame, mm. and she madame, yeah, <laughs> and she named names, yeah. and it turned out that like so many of the pimps in Jafar, who owned the properties and were ultimately making the money, mm. 
were American military. Oh yeah, there was that incident. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. the newspaper where where the, they they caught this American guy. He kept this girl. It in, wasn't in, just, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just one. It was like fifteen of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Some yeah. of them were generals too. Yeah, like they and they get housing allowance. They just live on base mm. and they give their apartment to a Thai lady, and she you know recruits girls from Thailand or whatever, and you know they use Tinder to hi. Uh, and even my, all my friends are like, yeah, I just passed by Jafar, saw a girl, you know, 15 dinar chick. Okay, what, they stopped and got a quick blowy or? or yeah, not even a blowy, like the whole thing. I'm blown away, yeah. I'm blown away. I, I personally don't, but like, I don't, I know a lot of people who are. Like, well, is, is there a lot of gay dudes no. out there? I was about to say. <laughs> no, uh, but it's just, yeah, I mean, it's very common. It's a lot more common than you think. And even, I mean, just in my building, like, like half my neighbors are like Moroccan, Syrian, Russian, you know. Where do you live? In Javer. I'm just next to the Marriott. There we go. Now it makes <laughs> sense why you have this intimate knowledge about this place. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, it's like, like, that's what you see. You know, that it, it, like, that's where yani, on a weekend, the highest traffic is Jafar Adliya. You know, like, and it's all, they're all going in the same direction for the same reason. You know, they're, they're going to have fun. You know? I, it's, I find it very strange, to be honest with you. As they say, Allah has no eyes in Bahrain. I like that saying. Like, yeah. I like that saying. But like I said, I find it very, very odd. Very, very odd. I mean, I, I never were, never like, like looked at a Thai, like prostitute and been like, yes. <laughs> that like that, that I don't know maybe I'm missing that neural connection. No, no. To a lot of guys, it's just like a wham, bam, thank you, man. You know? Sure, if it's Russian, if it, I can a, understand it, then like, like maybe you, I'm just not into Asians. You're, you're <laughs> like you're you're a teacher, uh, you know, a British teacher uh, in a reputable school. You know, you you're sick and tired of the kids on your way home. You'll you'll make a quick stop at Jafar. Before you go to your home in that watch, you know, mm. yeah, I know you. it's like a quick 15 DNR thing, and you're in, you're out. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Okay. Well, maybe except for the girl who has to fuck 10 guys a day, you know. I mean, she's making a bank. Her pimp is. She's not. I, you're looking at it so dark. I mean, you know what? Let's let's try to find one of these pimps and, and interview I've, them. I've, listen, I've done, like, this was, okay, like 15 years ago, but I wrote a whole article about prostitution and even gave a talk about it in a university. And, um, like, I interviewed a lot of pimps and prostitutes. Mm. Like, first of all, the race is directly related to value. That I totally believe. Yeah. You know, like... But that's everywhere. From the Bengali to the Saudi virgin. Yeah. You know, the Saudi virgin commands the highest price. Wasn't there... Can you look that up, Dan? There was a Saudi girl, I think, who sold her virginity. Many, many do. No, no, no. It was like big news. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I've never seen it in the news. But like many girls sell their virginity. And then they, it's like 15,000 dinars. And then they go and do the operation and re-virginate themselves. There was there was a lady who sold her virginity for three point nine million. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you're that you're making bank. No, she's an American girl who grew up in Saudi. For four million dollars. Jesus Christ. And most people don't even remember their first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's economical. Yeah. Again, it's, I would, not, it's not real virginity. Like, you just go and do the operation, stitch up your hymen. It says this woman known as Jelsea said it's in a statement released by the website that it was a dream come true. Every woman has decided on her own if it's worth to give her virginity for free for, for, to a boyfriend or maybe later will break up with her rather than selling it. But I'm in decision and now I can study when, wherever I want, buy a new home, travel around the world. It gave me lots of opportunities. In other words, these people want to sell you what to do with your body as a woman, but they accuse somebody who is selling it for being against emas emancipation. Okay, this is absurd. Good for her. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still prostitution. You know, it's the oldest job in the world. True. And it was, it's the oldest job in the world for a reason, because prostitution started out as a sacred religious ritual. Mm. It wasn't like girls on the streets and shit. You mm. know, like you... I mean, even in ancient Rome, they had prostitution. Even in Egypt no, 5,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How but, far back do you want to go? the way prostitution worked was that... Okay, see how when a nun like, joins the convent, she's married to Jesus? Mm -hmm. This was the same concept. Uh, aristocratic women have to spend uh, one season of their life usually springtime uh once in your lifetime like we go to hajj whatever you know you have to go and spend it at the temple and when you're at the temple you are married to the god you know you are one of his wives and what you do is you do services around the temple you know and one of the services is that you sleep with the pilgrims and the pilgrims donate money to the temple you know for its upkeep and stuff like that so for them, it was a sacred duty. It was a sacred ritual. She was the godwife, you know, like that was performing her duties to the pilgrim. Um, but later on, it, it became just... Are you commercial. romanticizing this again? No, I've done the research in the, into the history of it. You know? Yeah, like, but... You, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, like that was the first in terms of like, okay, paying for sex. No. You know, like especially as... And I'm not talking in terms of marriage because marriage is just legalized prostitution, sure. right? It's like, I'll buy you a house and a car and feed you and stuff, you know? Uh, it's not for an exact sum, but it's still a transaction. Um, but uh, but prostitution as a, as a thing on its own started off as a religious thing, you know? Women would give their bodies uh, for the God yeah. I don't know if that's how it started. I would believe that there's an aspect to it that involved like I that. Mean, it's just from from the, like what I've read. I know? mean, apes uh, commit prostitution. And you find it in chimpanzees as well. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You're talking about transactional sex. Yes. Yeah, transactional sex. That's what I'm saying. Marriage is transactional sex. I mean, that's one way of putting it, I suppose. It is, yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> What's a dowry? <laughs> but do you not see the dowry as a way as a, as a safekeeping yeah, in yeah, case? Yeah, call it what you want, you know, but at the end of the day, it's you're paying money for her vagina. Okay. You know, and what, what that vagina does is up to you. You know, it makes babies or it doesn't. 
You want to share it with your friends? Very pessimistic viewpoint on this again. It's amazing. Sorry. I mean, it's like (laughs) such a narrow viewpoint of it. (laughs) Yes, these things do happen as well. And yes, you could look at it through that light. (laughs) What what, can you type in rose tinted glasses? Like not all depression or anxiety has to do with your lifestyle. I think most, I mean, because you, 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 when you look at nations that like, like North Korea, for example, Oh, right. <laughs> the suicide rate is like, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking North Korea. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, it, it all depends on, on, on your lifestyle. You know, those guys who pick the poppy seeds for the heroin yeah. or those miners in, in it, who break their backs and have to take yeah. heroin in order to keep mining. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of them were thinking about, oh yeah, gotta go off myself. Yeah. And again, like, um, like depression, some people can go through it for a few days, weeks, or months. Some people, it lasts with them their whole lives, you know. And it's not a feeling of sadness, you know, or anything like that. You know, it's not I'm sitting around boohoo. It's more, what's the meaning of life? You know, what's the point of it all? Uh, it's existential more, crisis. More existential, you know. It's, Calling of the void. Yeah. What's yeah. my purpose? You know, might as well die. You know, like, why am I waking up? <laughs> like, that's the number one thing. <laughs> What's my purpose? I yeah, might as well die. <laughs> God forbid yeah. you had to create when, when purpose. You're, when you, I mean, yeah, when you know, the, the the as Kafka said, the meaning of life is that it stops. You know, and uh, the purpose of life is to give life purpose. Yeah, you know, the meaning of life is to give life meaning. And you assign it and you decide on it. And that's something that I've never been able to do myself. I like how you point to Franz Kafka when Nietzsche himself said, oh, you cannot go, th- you cannot have growth without pain. Only yeah. to be the hero in your old story. And he, yeah. also, and he also said God is dead. So, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, for we have killed him. Yeah. I mean. Interesting, man. People say that, you know, God created man in his own image, whereas I think we created God in, in our own image. You know, we humanize this phenomenon called God, you know. And not every culture does. Not every culture, but a lot of them do. A lot of them will humanize a phenomenon. Like, Indians. when you look at paganism, for instance, you know, like, there's... So, okay, uh, there's a few... Egyptian? Days. Not just Egyptian. Every culture had a pantheon of gods. They yeah, were but none gods. of them are very humanized in the sense. Uh, no, what I'm saying is... Okay, not humanized is the right word. Personalization. Characterization. But was a way when, to tell stories. When you don't have... Not just about stories. When you don't have control over something, you look upwards. You know what I mean? So there's no like God of walking or God of going to the bathroom. It's always God of love, God of fertility, God of war, you know, God of thunder, things that are not in your control, Mm. you know, uh, God of the harvest or whatever, you know. So they did a study in Duke University in 2005 uh about control and they wanted to see what was going on inside the brain when you felt in control and when you were not in control Mm -hmm. so they had two groups you know both groups had to answer a q a kind of thing 
there's like a screen with a button and are you human yes you know are you male no whatever you can take it yeah and for half an hour you do that test uh after that test they asked you to stare at uh static television mm-hmm. for about 15 minutes mm-hmm. and then record what you saw so group a they rigged the the machine the test machine so are you human you pressed yes it would say eh, wrong answer you know okay. and after half an hour of you know you're just pressing at this point you know it doesn't matter what you're answering you know you're not in control the computer is going to decide what it wants to decide but group b they didn't rig it you know yes was yes no was no they were in complete control of the situation they finished the test and it was fine when both groups looked at static television the group that was in control didn't see anything the group that was not in control saw all sorts of things words shapes images you know like and they were wired up so they were seeing like when you are in a state of not in control your brain is firing and neurons are attaching to each other in ways never before you know you're connecting things you're finding meaning you're creating patterns you know because you're not in control because you, you need to make sense out of the senseless, you know? So for instance, if something bad happens to you in your life or you're hoping for something that you have no control over, uh, you know, you will look at something beyond you. You know, you will look at something, call it a God, give it a name, give it a story, give it an identity, perform a ritual, give it a sacrifice, whatever, over time, you know? Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, especially early human, like when you look at, like religion predates civilization you know we settled down and civilized as in invented farming about ten thousand years ago in the fertile crescent more longer than that we invented we first first animals that we farmed were snails actually uh yeah but what i'm talking about is like civilization sure, as sure, in large-scale sure, sure, farming sure, sure. there were everywhere there were small the scale, first sure. human beings are like a hundred and six thousand years ago something ridiculous like that uh can you find the no the, homo uh, sapiens i think are two hundred thousand years old what is the oldest uh uh, uh homo sapien homo sapien i guess i think it's 200 uh, what's the first homo sapien Three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand years old but that's but yeah. it was 200,000 but this is but recent discoveries gave it another extra 100,000 years. A site in 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 where was it? They found new fossils. This was quite recent. Yeah, Homo sapiens back in the day 300,000 have been found in a site in Morocco. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But you, yeah, um what I'm what I was trying to say is that uh so we were homo sapiens for like 200 or 300,000 years mm-hmm. but 10,000 years ago we we civilized and that's the beginning of history you know what i mean can you type in the sumerians and the no all, i hear what yeah. you're saying can you type in um uh, footprints of the god forgot the author's name Greg Eel? 
Is that the right book? Am I thinking of a different one? Where is it? The feathers of a fe the feathers of a god. No, there's a so there's a book where where they talk about that the most archaeological discoveries that have been made mm. is only uh, the reason why it's 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 so badly dated is because we haven't gone farther enough down in the earth. Mm. And they said there was a cataclysmic event that fingerprints of the god. That's the one. And the writer is John Hancock, right? Yeah. Graham Hancock, so close. Mm. But it, it, he he. He he's been shunned very. He's been shunned in the scientific community and all this kind of stuff. But now it's coming out a little bit that a lot of the stuff that he said seems to be true. And he he predates the civilization of humans much much further back than ten thousand years. Mm -hmm. And it's only because of the the landscape of the earth shifted. And yeah. this the same is with um, the the statue in Egypt, the Sphinx. It, it it was they they think that there was a waterbed because of the erosion. So that, that was all nigh or water. Mm. And that it wasn't a face of a woman. It was actually a face of a god. Um, Imutep, I think okay. the name of the god is. Um, and it just, because it just fell off. <laughs> so they had to make yeah. do. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'm I sorry. Mean, I'm crazy about history. No, 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 I'm, with you. I'm with you on that. Um, but like. But the, I the see what you're saying. The point that I was trying to make is that religion predates like a lot of people think of religion as, oh, this was a way to control the masses. You know, religion was a institution, you know, to control people. And but it predates all that. You mm -hmm. know, right now the oldest kind of site we found uh, is Gobekli Tepe in uh, in Turkey. Mm, Graham Hammond talk, talks about you that know, as well. Yeah, it's twelve thousand years old. Mm -hmm. It's a temple. You know, but it was a temple for hunter gatherers, not civilized people. Mm. You know, like they were kind of like how the tribes of Arabia would gather in Mecca, mm. you know, in a sense that they were hunter gatherers, nomads, you know, but they would still come back to the sacred site and perform sacred rituals in certain times of the year, you know, like to please a certain god, you know, and it just shows you, Yani, the idea of God and all that like way predates like civilization itself writing you know the wheel etc you know um it's something very innate in us especially like yani when we were homo sapiens living in africa you know like we'd look at the sky and we'd see all sorts of shit happening and we don't know what's happening all we can do is observe right you know we see a sun the moon clouds stars you know flying stars all sorts of shit you know especially back then you could probably see the milky way much clearer there was no light pollution i agree yeah. with that and you but you also know like feel how small you are and feel how big that is and how you're not in control. You're not in control of the weather. You're not in control of a forest fire breaks out. You're not in control of disease. You're not in control if your kid dies from a little scrape. You know, like they, so this need to make sense out of the senseless, you know, where your neurons are firing and making connections and making stories, shapes, identities, mm -hmm. you know, you're creating gods to control something you cannot control. Interesting. Um, there's a, the, in the Torah, the, when, when uh, Jacob wrestles with the angel all night, um, he finally asks God, 
please at least tell me your name. And this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, etc. What's his name, Danny? Yep. Yahweh. Yahweh. But we don't know that that's his name because he only gives him four letters. Yeah, ha, wa, yeah. You know, mm. it's not the full name. It's only a part of the name. And he asks him, like, why do you not give me your name? He says, so you cannot have power over me. Mm-hmm. So you cannot invoke me to do your bidding. You cannot just sit there praying to me, asking me to do stuff for you, basically. Mm-hmm. That's not what my job is as a god. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where, because before that, the idea was that the gods almost served us. Interesting, you okay. Know? Like, if I wanted a baby, I would go to the goddess of fertility and offer a sacrifice. If I was a soldier, I would pray to the god of war for a favorable outcome, you know, that I won't die and I will get loot and all of that, you know. Every god had a job, you know, like if I wanted rain, I would pray to the god of rain. If okay. I wanted whatever, you know. You're oversimplifying it and you're, you're putting cause and effect in reverse. I'm just saying they're related, you know, it's a chicken and egg situation. That's you know? what I'm like, saying, because I feel there like... There were things that they had no control over. You know, way back when. Sure. And over time, in the, in the hunter-gatherer days, we started creating, like, the identities, for instance. When you look at uh, Zeus, you know, his Greek, uh, sorry, his uh, Roman counterpart is called Jupiter. Hmm. If you go to Egypt, he's called Osiris. Mm-hmm. If you come to us, we call him Allah. Mm-hmm. You know, but he was the head god. Mm-hmm. But then there's the god of Methanan Thunder. To the Norse, his name was Thor. Mm-hmm. But to the Babylonians, his name was Baal, mm. you know, or whatever, you know. But the god of thunder was the god of thunder. The god of love was the god of love. You know, they had different names in different cultures, but they were ultimately seen as the same gods. And a lot of these gods. Uh, were patrons of the first cities. So the Sumerians, which is the first civilization, uh, started with the first seven cities of Sumer. Each city was because of a god. And the god, the seven gods, were based on the seven spheres we saw in the sky. Mm -hmm. The sun, the moon, uh, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, uh, whatever. It was everything but Uranus and Pluto. Mm. And that's why we have seven days Mercury? of the week. Yeah, that's why we have seven days of the week. And we call it the seven heavens, you know, and all of that. You know, the, the idea of seven is because we could see those seven planets. And to, till today, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, these are names of gods. You sure. know what I mean? Like, because we saw those planets as the home of the god. So Venus wasn't just the planet Venus. It was the home of the goddess Venus. Okay. Okay. And uh, in a city like, let's say, Athens, which was built for the goddess Athena, Uh the patron god of the city (coughs) is the one you worshipped. Sure. You know, so Methalan in Mecca, Allah was the patron god of Mecca. Okay. They had many other gods, but they still had Allah as the head god, you know. And the same thing in every city. Every city was built around the temple. You know, it, it all functioned around the, the temple. 
the whole society. You mm. know, even the kings were crowned by the priests. Mm. You know, the Pope was who crowned the kings of Europe. Mm. You know, there's always got to be the religious and the political go hand in hand. Hand in hand. You know, one legitimizes the other and empowers the other. You know, so um, when you look at the first civilizations, it all starts with agriculture. You know, when you when you start farming, you naturally have surplus. Sure. You know, and that surplus, that wealth, has to be protected. So you need soldiers, policemen, etc. So, and in order to pay them, you need to tax. You mm. know, the whole idea of government is built around the idea of protection of wealth. You know, and surplus and all of that. You know, so. So that's when we see the first civilizations of Sumer, the first governments. And yeah, until today, when you look at the Sumerians, you know, the 62nd, you know, uh, 24 hour day, the seven days a week, the all of that, the cal- we, we, it was invented by the Sumerians like 4,000 years ago, and we still use it today. That's how we structure our time and our days of the in week. In the Western culture, hemisphere, sure. Even in the Eastern? No, not South America, for example. They have their own calendar. Yeah, but they Mayans still have had their own four hours a day. Yeah, but sure, but they still had their own calendars in the sense Yeah, they had their own calendars, but yeah. they still structure time in the same way. Don't forget... Like, Ma- a, a Mayan hour is not, like, 80 minutes. You know what I mean? Yani... June for Julius, Marcus for Marcus Aurelius, for uh, our calendar of our months. Uh, w- w- 31 and th- 30, right? And that's because the Romans loved prime numbers. Yeah. Right? They added the July and August. Exactly. August for Augustine. Yeah. Uh, uh, in Julius July Caesar. for Julius Caesar, yeah. right? And even yeah. the days of the week, God's names. Yeah. Thur- Thursday Thor. for Thor's day. Uh, Wednesday used to be Odin's day, but the Christians didn't like Odin. that too much. Yeah. Uh, Friday was for Fre- Freya. Freya. And then Fre- Sunday Freya. was... Uh, the sun. Sun. Yeah, it was, there was a special name for it. I forgot. No, but no the sun Friday. is the sun. Monday is the moon. Tuesday is for the goddess Chu, mm. which was the goddess of the wood. Wednesday is Woden, Odin's day. Uh, Thursday is Thor, and Friday is Frigg or Freya. Yeah, we w- well, the the Vikings got to name three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Can I use your bathroom? Of course, right straight there, through there. Are you enjoying the show at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The simpler it is to recognize, think of your logo on Instagram mm-hmm. as a tiny little circle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The shape is very important. Is this the usual sale pitch? <laughs> no, no, but it's true. No, my usual sale pitch, uh, like I start by talking about symbolism, you know, yeah. and why symbolism is so important and how a picture is worth a thousand words. And it's all about brand recognition and intangible value. You know, it's uh, that's my pitch. It's uh, we're not here to talk about your logos. You know, we're here to talk about the meaning of the logo, behind the logo. Okay. That's what you call the brand. You know, what does the symbol represent? That's the brand. That's what I work on. Interesting. Interesting. Because I remember there's this famous guy who talks about logos. There's like three or four stages. And the last one is identity or something like that. Recognizability is one. Um, Differentiation is the other. Mm. And then there's the final one. I forgot what the fourth one is. Yeah. But yeah, like there's, there's <coughs> like most brand strategists like follow very complicated, tiresome methodologies, you okay. know, like reading star signs. <sighs> I wish it was even like that. 
it's just like they come to you with a million flip charts and sorry flow charts and you know diagrams and over rationalizing and you know it's like a, oh it's a dot but it, the dot is like the planet and it's the earth and the universe it's a fucking dot, dot. <laughs> you know, like yeah but <clears throat> i'm not like that i try to keep things simple i try to keep things human i try to make the identity something that the business owner would be in love with you know i think your brand should be something that represents you that reflects you that you feel is this is so me you know like uh if you see yourself in it then i, I feel like i'm in a car dealership right now <laughs> why i'm not giving what? you a sales pitch <laughs> Sorry. i'm just talking we'll, about branding <laughs> we'll do a sales pitch as well so you can use it for your marketing no no uh, fuck the sales pitch like i'm just saying like i like i i'm actually fascinated by branding Take exactly what you said. Just copy and paste the entire paragraph and then imagine us in a car dealership. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was saying. But the ca- the like, car has to fit with you. The car has to make sure... Sh- you have to feel comfortable while true, sitting though. in the car. Like, <laughs> is this no, the listen, image you want brand, to give out? Listen, your brand is like the... Now this is sales pitch, but like your mm. your brand is your business's outfit. Yeah, yeah. I use that sales pitch with the yeah. uniforms as well. The first things customer sees is the textiles when they when mm. when they meet and greet. And if it's a no, mess, I'm then saying, no one wants I'm to. I'm saying it. like your brand. Like first, how do people now experience your brand? They'll go on your Insta and shit. You know, like sure. that first impression, mm-hmm. just by looking at the grid. You know, not even going into each post. Mm-hmm. What's that first impression? giving me you know that's what i work on mm-hmm. i look at the brand as a total as a whole you know so it's uh it's like building a religion dan came up with a really clever idea where where he's making the cover to to be opposites mm-hmm. so you know you have like three three cubes on instagram yeah on the left is the guests mm-hmm. on the right is me and okay. then in the center like cool stuff we've done or done or 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 bullshit stuff like that. Yeah, you can design your grid however way you want it. I think I, I think that was that was a clever idea, Dan. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the but it's not um, like for me to, like if I'm allowed to use my full powers, you know what I mean? Like in branding. Sure. I would build every brand like I'm building a religion. Okay. You know, like I want followers who believe. Okay. You know, I want super fans. I want rabid super fans, you know, who will proselytize and talk about my brand. And Okay. And how do you accomplish that then? It's a lot. It's a lot of work. And a lot of that's it, the, it's that's a lot a of simple. Uh, no, it takes years. It's not something you do overnight, you know, I think the way to build it. And a lot of it is luck too, you know. Sometimes things just go viral for... For whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason, you know. It could be a shitty product, you know. Or you could have an amazing product with perfect branding, perfect packaging. Everything's beautiful. And it's just, it's not a success. So yeah. my favorite... Uh, this is the only person I would do a master's uh, uh, course on or with. Uh, Dan, can you type it in? Scott Galloway. He's a... He teaches branding, I think, at NYU CERN. Hmm. Amazing, amazing guy. Yeah, I know this guy. I love him. I love yeah, him yeah. to death. He's funny. 
He's amazing. He's fucking hilarious. And yeah. uh, he talks about laddering, which is a really interesting concept in that you take two products that 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 compete with each other, let's say Apple and Google, for example. Mm. On, on Pepsi the, or Coke. Yeah, or whatever, Pepsi and Coke. And then you leverage it and saying like, okay, well, uh, do what what differentiation does Apple have that, that Google doesn't? So they're both phones, uh, mm. they both have touch screens, they both have uh, uh, their own OSs. Yeah. And then you, you, like a ladder, you keep building and building until you find where the, the differentiation is. And he made that excellent point. He said privacy. Mm. Google, on the other hand, is a search engine first, mm. while Apple, on the other hand, is a device yeah. sell first. So what would be the best decision for Apple is to lean into privacy. Yeah. And that's what then Apple also yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely correct. It's very, very clever. Yeah. It's, uh, this is what we call positioning. Yeah. You know, or like, what's your core brand proposition? What are you proposing? What are you offering? Yani, it's like a marriage proposal, you know, it's like you're going to the customer and you're saying, hey, I'm going to give you this. This is what you're buying. You're not buying a phone. You're buying privacy. Sure, sure, you know, sure. You're selling they're, like you're, they're buying the benefit, the the end result of the product, you know, not the product itself. It's what how the product makes them feel. Like, for instance, you don't buy a Porsche, you know, you buy a sense of superiority. But don't you, you know, feel that like, that well? You buy Porsche also for a sexual mate, right? Or well, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. like and it's it's not the car. Per yeah, se, it's to sell the sexiness. Yeah. You know, you're you 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 want to mate with me because I I got yeah. excess capital. But it's like like Harley Davidson. You know, they had this very famous advertising campaign: accountant by day, rebel by night. It's, yeah, you know, I like that. Like, because because that it's like it's like putting on the doctor's coat. You know, as soon as you step sit on the Harley you become the rider, mm, you know, mm. your identity shifts and changes. And those are the most powerful brands, the ones where they really become part of your identity. Like to me, the most powerful brands in the world are religions. I agree. You know, their symbology, their iconography, their logos, history, their everything, you know, the stories, the rituals, you know, the daily practices, all of that. But don't you, know. you feel like, like instead of building the brand in reverse, where where you build a brand with these values inherent, it is better just to tell the customer that these are values that they want, because I feel like a lot of the times you look at the customer and you look at what are the what values would resonate to this customer. That's what a good brand does. You know, they listen to their sure. audience, they listen to their tribe, sure, and they're like, okay, well, what can I give them that will make them love me more? Interesting. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about because I'm talking about it from the reverse perspective of that. Mm. Uh, Steve Jobs infamously said uh, people don't know what they want until you tell them what they want. Uh, um, to a certain he degree, yeah. Henry Ford uh, yeah. from Ford Automobiles, you can yeah. have any colors you want as long as it's black, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I believe like there, there is truth um, yeah. or customer's king, but the king is God. Yeah. From, you know, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's true like also like not giving too many choices you know it's like going to a restaurant where the menu is like this thick versus going to a restaurant that has like a one pager mm. you know it's much easier to choose when there's less options you know but uh but i don't know it's it's not so much if you build it they will come you know because there are many brands or products or whatever out there that are complete flops even if they're a great product and there are 
and the 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 reverse is also true. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're talking about they will build, if you build it, they will come. It only really works if you're very, very specialized in like yeah. that very particular niche. There's a company in Rome that produces socks for the Pope. Mm. It's a tiny little shop. Each sock costs 50 euros and they sell them not in pairs, but in peace. Hmm. So <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you spend 100 euros for, for two socks, but yeah. you get to wear the same ones as, as the Pope wears. True. And uh, they've been in business for the last 600, 400 years. Wow. But they yeah. knew exactly what they're doing and they just yeah, stuck yeah, yeah. to their guns and nothing else. Uh, there's like specializing in something. Uh, like for instance in Bahrain, like uh, do you know John Berger? Sounds familiar, Danny. Do you know it? John Berger is like pretty famous in Bahrain. It's old school. It's a local chain. Danny? Yeah, Jan Berger. There you go. <laughs> it's 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 John. It's like Persian for life or yeah. love or whatever. Um, why do Persians say it's Persian? It's Iranian. I don't know why they make that, that thing. Um, Persian, like I don't see myself as Iranian. I'm Persian. Okay. You know, like I was never born in Iran and my family... When they left Persia, it was still called Persia. It only became Iran in 1932. Okay. You know? So I think a lot of people who are pre-Iran just fancy themselves as Persian. Like we say Persian language, we don't say Iranian language. You know, we say Persian culture. What was the name of, of Istanbul before he came to Istanbul? Constantinople. Nobody says I was born in Constantinople no, anymore, exactly. though. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true, true. And that, that, only, that shift only happened in the 80s yeah. or 70s. It's, it was recent. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what was I talking about? Thailand and what was the, what was the old name? It was... Uh, Siam. Siam. Yeah. No one says I'm born in Siam anymore either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We still say Siamese twins, though. Yeah, because that's where they were discovered. Yeah. The first ones. Yeah. Like Persian cats. Yeah, yeah. Nobody says Iranian cats. cats you know. It's more aggressive. I feel like Persia has it is, a nicer yeah, exactly. flow to it. It's more of a richer, softer, older cultural kind of connotation. Whereas when you say Iran, it just sounds very harsh and very rigid. Ottoman does sound better than Turkey. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Is this what this is what we the earlier conversation we had that that uh, um, heritage is dead people telling you things what to do? <laughs> tradition. <laughs> no, tradition. tradition. Are, are, have we fell into this trap now yeah. <laughs> that we like the old names of things better? <laughs> Basically, I love etymology though. I'm fascinated by it. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. There was I had this amazing book called the Etymologicon, and. It's just it just groups like stories and words together in a way that was brilliant. There's one chapter called uh, "Frankly, My Dear Frankfurter." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and like that. basically it talks about the Franks who invaded Gaul and called it France. Hmm. And it was a Germanic because, tribe. Yeah, and because they had all the power they were they had the most freedom to speak mm. and that's why we still say frankly speaking you know and where they originated from is frankfurt you know and uh, and there's also like um how testament and testify and testicle all have the same root mm. you know because you used to when when you would testify 
in court you would grab your balls mm. you know like and i swear upon my balls mm. that's that's <laughs> yeah. i like that so <laughs> you're like, really putting something yeah. at risk there when you think of like the, the old testament and the new testament you know and you hear it everywhere then yeah the old and new testicle <laughs> or or where as in where men where man, uh, where werewolf yeah right which where used to be we used to be man for male oh and that's why it's male wolf male wolf yeah okay i didn't know that so the I, the the woman and man has only been like in a recent dictionary yeah yeah, yeah. men used to be referred to as where weird right that's pretty uh weird old english what do you want to do about it yeah old english was pretty weird hmm. A lot of it is German anyway, like a third. A of lot English. of it is Latin. <laughs> English is about a third German, a third French and a third Latin, mm. know, like with very little actual old English like remaining. You know. It's crazy to think about that London till today, the old roads are still in Latin. Mm. London is, uh, is Lon Latin. London, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's one of the weirdest civilizations, no? They really, they really left their mark. They really etched a sketched in history. It's just a more recent one, you know. That many empires came and went and left their marks. Like, I, I find it fascinating how people continue, despite who's governing them at this point or that point. Like, you look at countries like Lebanon, for instance, where every empire in the world has been there and taken over at some point mm -hmm. you know uh, greece yeah you know but they still have their own the day-to-day -day people just go about their days you know they still have their own culture and their own language and their own customs and rituals and stuff you know sure like um like for instance in lebanon like they used to uh especially that area was very known for worshipping the goddess Ishtar mm -hmm. um, or Inanna. And uh, the, all the rituals they used to do for Ishtar, they do today, but they do it for the Virgin Mary. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, all yeah. the same exact rituals on the same dates, same feasts and festivals. It's just slightly rebranded we're not very creative as a species we like using the same mythologies of stories yeah, and yeah. then just rebranding it again and again Flame and broke, again you know? yeah just, just add a fresh coat of paint on uh, it. yeah. it's true it's true where do you i wanted to ask you something a little bit more in the business world though sure. um do you read where is your stance with traditional media and new media you mean in terms of newspapers, magazines, TV, radio versus mobile and digital? Mm -hmm. I don't think old media is dead. Um, I think they're both very important, but it depends on what who you are. If you're a government, if you're a bank, if you're some big multinational conglomerate, then yes, you should stick to old media while embracing new media. If you're a younger startup, you know, then you don't need to bother with old media. It's expensive and it's not going to get you the, the. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> For the audio listeners who didn't hear it, Siri yeah. just said that's sweet when he, when he said, don't bother with old media. Just stick with new media. That's amazing. Yeah. Bitches listening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think right now it's 
becoming harder and harder to get a customer's attention. That I agree with. You know, we are bombarded. Like, I think, what is it, like 10,000 pieces of information a day. Mm-hmm. You know, ads and stuff and messaging and trying to get your attention, trying to sell you something. And we're a generation that has been marketed to from the day we were born. So I think it's harder. Like back then, it didn't matter if you had a bad product. You know, all that mattered was that you were the only product, you know, and you had monopoly and people didn't have much choice. You know, Uh, you went to the grocery store, you wanted a window cleaner, you bought Windex, you know, that was it. You wanted laundry detergent you bought tide you know that's what was there Hmm. of course as you know markets became more competitive more competitors entering and uh all of that um i forgot where i was going with this as Uh, markets were getting more competitive with such as windex the window cleaner i'm just saying that like nowadays it doesn't matter like a shitty product, you can, it's, it's hard to sell a shitty product. Let me put you it know, better, maybe. A good product sells itself. Let me put it better. A, 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 sh- a great brand can carry a shitty product. For so long. For so long. Jeep, for example. Jeep yeah. brand is very yeah. powerful. Their cars are terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, however, a, a great product will never survive a terrible brand. No matter how yeah. great that product is, it is dead. Yeah, but there are there are some great pro- like I was saying the Jan Burger model. You know, mm. it's like a, it's a good burger. It doesn't matter if there's like a hundred new burger joints. It's still the old faithful. You know, but bird. that's the brand though, not so much the doesn't product. even have packaging. It doesn't have a logo. It doesn't have you know what I mean. That's I've not never a brand. eaten there by the way. It's pretty good. It's very good, um, and people love it. You know, it's just something that. It's a product with no brand. It's a great product. You know, guy has five, six branches in Bahrain. Doesn't even offer delivery. You mm. have to go pick it up. It's not on Talabat or anything like that. You know, but people... He doesn't like money. <laughs> he makes a ton of money. He makes a, He's full every day. You know, like, yeah. Danny, is that true? 100%. Really? Yeah, yeah. How have I never eaten there then? Sure. Yeah, Filipino as well, you know, been around for decades, you know, and still around. Ahali sandwiches, you know, like there are places that are, the branding doesn't matter. They haven't changed their logo in 50 years. Their packaging is just aluminum foil and a white bag, mm. you, know, you know what I mean? And, and then there's the younger, newer kind of people entering the market and... It's hard to make a dent. It's hard to make noise. It's hard to get attention. So you have to uh, brand yourself in a way that makes you stand out. That's the purpose of branding is to make you stand out. And like, okay, we're in a culture where standing out is a negative thing. Uniformity is seen as a good thing. Sure. You know, don't stick out too too much. The you nail know? that sticks out gets hit by the hammer. Yeah. You know, that's our culture here. You yeah. know, your hair shouldn't be too weird. 
you're don't have crazy tattoos and piercings men should wear white robes women should wear black you know the all of them vacation in the same places they all live in the same beige house they all drive the same car you know we'll go into this issue in a it's second it's a cookie cutter identity you know we'll we'll go into this issue in a second because we mentioned this earlier and i i'm going to dig a little deeper yeah. in that because i think this is where the two of us will definitely clash sure. on it but the reason i brought the new business versus uh, sorry old media versus new media if you give me one BD and you said, hey, where are you going to spend that one BD on? And I had to spend it one of the two. I say spend it on your product. Sure. In a situation of marketing. In That's, a marketing situation? In a marketing spend, I would always choose old media. For two reasons. Yeah, but one BD won't get you anything in old media. Sure, sure. Let's go with 1,000 BD. Let's go with 10,000 BD. Yeah, okay, let's say 1,000 let's say BD. Let's say 1,000 BD. We'll buy you an ad in a paper. Sure. My, my argument is that is twofold. One, old media has become more and more competitive while new yeah. media has become more and more expensive because there's less money dollars going to old and more money dollars going to, to new. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. New media is not costing as much as old media. Absolutely. I can get you an ad on Fox, new, on, on, on Fox and Friends for a 10-second ad. I think it's about $3,000. Okay, but that's not like how many people here are watching Fox and Friends. You sure? Like you're talking. Let's talk about the region. Oh, you, know? you want to specifically talk about the region? Yeah, I'm talking about from the course. Western perspective. I don't care about the West. I'm not living in the West. You know. Okay. I'm just saying here, uh, it's a whole different marketing game and a branding game and all of that. You know, here, a a bad product. You know, like or let's say a good product will sell itself. Because okay. people, t everyone knows everyone. People rely heavily on referrals. You know, I'm going to go to that doctor or that hairdresser or that restaurant because my sister went there and she said it was good. Okay. That's how we do it here. Okay. It's not because I saw a billboard and suddenly stopped everything I'm doing and went to the restaurant. Sure. You know, that's not how advertising works. Um, here, when you look at the billboards, for instance, or you look at the magazine ads or newspaper ads or radio ads, it's still the old school, you know, banks, insurance, government, large corporate corporations. Sure. Um, new media here is basically Instagram. Or Snapchat. Yeah, but mostly Instagram. Sure. And... It's a lot of people are just churning out content, mm. you know, and when you go on your news on your news feed every day, you're just bombarded by content, mm. you know, and lots of ads and stuff like that. Mm. You know, every two, three stories, there's an ad that jumps out. Mm. So it's getting harder and harder and harder to get people's attention. Mm. And to me, having a good brand that makes your tribe fall in love with you because you're not going to make everyone fall in love with you of course but if you're a type of brand that resonates with a specific target audience then that's it they become your super fans they're the ones who do the marketing for you you know they're the ones who are going to spread the message they're the ones who are going to follow you online share post tag comment like etc sure you know they'll they'll engage with you they'll share your posts they'll talk about you to your friends and family and that 
this is why I like to be in the branding phase rather than in the marketing and advertising and because that's execution. <laughs> not, no, no, it's not that it's execution because a lot of that to me is bullshit. Okay, interesting. You know, you can go uh, because I, I a lot of to me is branding is bullshit. That's why it's so, so many, interesting. No, so many of my clients come to me and they're like, "Okay, we went to so and so company. They spent twenty thousand of our marketing budget. We bought a bunch of ads and stuff, and we got no sales. You know, there was no foot traffic in the restaurant." Mm. You know, like businesses have had to close. Twenty minutes, okay. You know, businesses have had to close sometimes after failed ventures, like, marketing, or whatever. But a, a brand, again, it's like a cult. It's like a religion. It's like a, a nation. It's like a, a person. You know, it's something you get attracted to. You look at their colors, you look at their photography, you look at the product, you look at the packaging, you look at it. And if you're like, hey, this is the kind of thing I'm into. Sure. You know, if you're into fashion uh, or you're into sneakers or you're into technology and suddenly a new brand pops up that resonates with you and you're like, hey, that looks cool. I'm going to follow them. Sure. You know, that's it. Now you're part of the tribe. My, here, my job is done. But you, you know what I mean? Like I've managed to make someone love you sure branding and marketing are two different animals mm. marketing is sales and branding marketing is building is very the brand heavily on sales and it's looking at what what did we sell what what product is selling what's not selling what do we focus on what do we, for me none of that not that's not what i do i've spent 20 years avoiding all that branding you know? is about building the, the reputation identity. the identity yeah. the, the core, connection of that brand yeah. the I'll, idea yeah i'm with you and it's not even the brand like if, if a brand was a person what we call brand design, logo, colors, fonts, photography, etc., would be the outside of the person. Mm. It's what that person's hair, clothes, tattoos, piercings, car, what you're projecting, mm. the visual side of you. What, what is brand strategy, which is what I do? It's the internal stuff. It's the mind, heart, and soul of the brand. It's the brand's vision, mission, beliefs, values, morals, principles, ethics. You, you know what I mean? Sure. That's what I work on. So sure. I work, like I said, when I build a brand, it's like I'm building a religion. Sure. I'm creating something that people will believe in, whether they're staff, customers, investors, partners. You know, I'm building something that will resonate, you know, using certain language certain like style direction slogans etc to to resonate with the with the audience you know and if it's not resonating with the audience i didn't do my job mm. you know so it leads back to the first question again yeah. right i mean we have different approaches on these things my, my my ideology behind why i would spend more on on old media than versus new media even when we're talking about Bahrain locally because it builds reputation it has a much more harder foothold, especially if you talk to the older generation mm. who has really the dough. Yeah. Right. It's daddy who has the money. Yeah. Right. And and and, 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 and but it's it's about like old media is mostly especially like the old school advertising methods. It's all about being top of mind. Sure. You know? That's a different animal again. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. But when you look at the billboards on the streets. Sure. They're all. It's, Zane, Batelco, and SCC. Mm. It's the same five banks who all look the same. You know, uh, it's just the same. 
companies advertising. Does anyone not know what Coca, who Coca Cola is, or? But it's 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 through the old school marketing mm. that you get the the authenticity to new school marketing. And here's my reason. It's done today's age, not for today's generation. Even if you want to get, if you want to have a Wikipedia article mm. about your brand, if you want to have an Instagram authentication, the blue tick, mm. then both of them require what? They require print. Mm. They want to have a link on that you send to Instagram or Facebook saying where, what publication posted you about it. Why does your brand matter? If Facebook themselves are saying, mm. "Hey guys, <laughs> we only authorize you if." You are a real thing, a real foothold, real concrete, brick and mortar. But a real thing doesn't mean that you have old media advertising. That's not. I think on Instagram they ask you for for. You need to have like a registration, maybe, or something. No, 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 no. They right. want like brick and mortar. They want like news articles written. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Sure. I don't know how it works with artists and movie yeah. stars and musicians. I just know how it works for brick and mortar. But that's the thing today is that, like, in in today's world, like, people are self-branding using Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Snapchat. Where is your salesman in you? Everyone knows. No, that no, no, no. I'm just saying. Like everyone is selling themselves. Everyone is selling themselves, and everyone's even if you don't have a product or you're not anything, you're still how. Like I go on people's Instagrams, and it's nothing but just a series of photos of them in different outfits with different backgrounds, and it's like you're you're this curated image of yourself that you're trying to portray to the world. Is you this know? the gay you talking, or is this the, the no, business no, no, you talking? This is, this, is, this is your showing your brand, you know, to the world. Like if you go, to, for instance, to my Instagram, my personal Instagram, Danny. For me, I, I want it to reflect my personality, you know. And this is me. I like food. I like dogs. I like to sing. You know, like this is my personality. Mm. I like to a garden. You know, I like to spend my time on beaches. You know, this is this is why my personal. It's all. It has a warm tone. It's very earthy. It's welcoming. It's inviting because that's who I am. That's my personality. Mm -hmm. I'm always welcome to my house. You know, that's a snake I rescued. That's pretty brave. I like animals. We we can talk about that more if if mm. you've got some ideas. Um, we try to help out this dog charity, who Bahrain Rescue. Help my mom, Bahrain Strays. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it's competitive. <laughs> Bahrain Rescue apparently, I think, started off trying to help out my mom and then they went and did their own thing okay i'm not that familiar with yeah. them we did like two shoots for their dogs okay obviously and their cats were free okay uh just to do some like community. honestly like bahrain strays is different my mom uh yeah that's my mom would you like us to come she, in and do photography yeah, she she spends her days every day she's a 68 year old grandma you know, who spends every day, four or five hours a day, in the middle of the heat, feeding and watering over a thousand dogs. MashaAllah alayha. In the middle of the industrial areas, in the most dangerous areas, 
And she has volunteers who come and help here and there, but it's rare. It's not always. Well, know? and she she's the one who takes them to get neutered to the uh, vets. You know, that's her over there. Well, set up, set it up. We can do photo shoots. We can donate some money. She the problem with my mom is that she's a type A personality who feels that all marketing is bullshit and that. Uh, there's can, not much else she, I can she's do. She's like, she's like, if they want to come help me feed, great. If they, if it's something else, I don't care. Okay. So, but, but I might be able to convince her <laughs> to it's, do something. Uh, <laughs> I keep. I'm just offering, her, buddy. <laughs> I, no, thank you. And I keep telling her, I'm like, listen, you need that. Like, you need that marketing and support, and you need to be in the papers because you need donations. You can't just keep doing everything by yourself, you know. And she's like, no, people are. She's not like, reliable. She's a more of a like a pessimist in a sense. I see where it comes from. Yeah, she's worse. It trickles than me. down. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's way worse than me. She like to her like all people are useless and yeah. Are, is your family more... like a <laughs> example of Reaganomics? What's going on here? What is this trickle down approach? <laughs> no, I'm, honestly, like my family, it's uh, like. I am probably the warmest and most social and most open in the family. You know, like I, I I'm the. Your sisters are husband married though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, like they're okay. they're very they're all very rigid and conservative and like if it works, it works. There's not a lot of love and laughter in the family. You know, it's very business. It's very serious at home. Oh, I like that. That's good. No, I don't like that. I like, like that a lot. Like I left home because I wanted to create my home. I want, I've always had uh, like an open, warm, inviting home, you know, where lots of people can come and have a good meal. And don't, But don't you love that idea? Or don't you like the idea of like, all everything all energy everything 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 just concentrate on this one thing which is like either your business your hobby anything whatever it is in your in your mind like mm-hmm. that 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 like that becomes the definition of who you are before anything else you look at me like I'm a crazy Sorry, person no I, just, <laughs> no no I just didn't understand what the question or the point was no because because like when when I think in the, in Japan they have this concept I forgot what the word is called that whatever it is you do it doesn't matter if it's profitable or not but if you do it at the very top of the level yeah it becomes its own thing it's respectable yeah right yeah and I I love that notion in that in that your your true happiness or your 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 means of who you are is what you do mm. right and and that's the definition of who you are that's how the last name started mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Steinmeier for for person who would cut uh, uh, yeah. rocks, Hema uh, uh, for for a guy yeah, who would, yeah. but, right? Your last names in, in, in Europe. Exactly. So there is something intrinsically beautiful on that, and mm. that your whole identity then becomes because because back then thing. it was all hereditary, right? Yani, if you were a carpenter, your your kid didn't go to school. Your kid learned carpentry from you. And continued the business. Hmm. Nowadays, it's different. Nowadays, people don't want to take over daddy's business anymore. You know, it's like, no, daddy, I want to, you know, <laughs> like I want to be a fashion designer or I want to be a DJ. You know what I mean? Like, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you know, like, and and daddy who spent you know decades building this multinational conglomerate uh, has to see it fall apart. You know, yeah. And he, there's a there's there's not something beautiful with that. No, there's there's a thing where like they're like the grandpa starts the 
the core of the business, you know, the small business. The, the, His son expands it and then the grandson destroys it. The, the saying goes, the first builds it, the second runs it, the third enjoys it, the fourth loses it. Yeah. Right. Along that's those lines, you know? that's like, how the old adage goes. Yeah. I, I you know, it's it's hard because I, I, I. That's why that's why for me everything is futile. You know, like that's why for like my so nihilistic. My well, God. Like, like my grandfather, bless him. He's an amazing man, and I, yeah, to me, he's he's always been an inspiration, and because he's really one of those old school, silent generation, born in the twenties. You know, Queen Elizabeth type, lifted by the bootstraps, keep it stoic do the work, save every penny, no frivolity, you know, no nonsense, that kind of guy. I love that. And yeah, he, he's, he's a dude, Yanni. He's, he's, he, he is a man who built his empire and built his family and everything. And now, bless him, he's 98 years old uh, and just khalas, he's, he's done it. He's just waiting, waiting for to, death. Waiting for death, you know. He's like, I've, I've got nothing else to do, you know. And... Uh, we need more like that. Yeah, we know. need more like that. More, more, more. Not just Stoics, but but men who are pious. That's not, what's missing. And not just that, but like men who were, who took their jobs, careers, their lives, their identities seriously. You know, because yeah, you mean okay. I'm the only one. I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the one who dropped out. I'm the one who left home. I'm mm. the one who said. Screw you. I don't need the inheritance. I don't want your support. I'm going to pay for everything by myself. I'm going to, mm. etc. And he respects me for that. Mm. He, because all, everybody else in the family is, you know. Followed like, lines. Yeah. Got, the, you know, played by the rules. Got the handouts they were promised, etc. You know, everything was paid for. Education, weddings, homes, cars, etc. You know, and... He looks at me and he looks at someone who more resembles him, you know, like starting from zero and depending on himself. Didn't depend on a rich daddy or... or, Sure, but be warned, that's a dangerous thinking because it doesn't matter who you are or where you started from. Someone opens that door for you. You have to walk through that door, Mm. but everyone in life... Someone has opened that door for you that allowed you to walk through it. And it doesn't matter whether it's your first client or your second or your third or whatever, whatever, to whatever. To extent. It, it, no, no, because like, we, th- this is one of the yeah. dangers I find with entrepreneurs is that this weird thing happens in their brain mm. where, where, where they think, you know, they don't need anyone. Nothing matters. Like, yeah. n- not so much nothing matters, but like. No, see, I'm not an entrepreneur. Sure. I, I work with entrepreneurs, but I don't want to start my own business I like even though I can put all my knowledge about branding and <clears throat> you know create a brand whether it's a business or a reli- five minutes yeah you know like uh, like if I wanted to create a new church of Scientology or whatever sure sure know, I can use my powers for good or evil you know sure. like but even when it comes to business like my granddad always tells me he's like just start a business just open a company. You know, you're great at what you do. Start a consultancy, start an ad agency, open a restaurant, like, because I can cook and whatever. I used, I used to cater and stuff. And he's always like, you've, you've got skills, you know? And I'm like, but I don't want to run a business. Mm. I don't, don't want the stress. Mm. I'm happy being a freelance consultant. I come, I do, my, so- I come, I do my song and dance, I get paid, I leave. Mashallah. And I can do my work <clears throat> wearing my underwear, you know, like on my couch, 
at three in the morning and nobody can say anything. I you know, agree. I don't have a job. I don't have a, a boss. I don't have the nine to five. I don't have the pressure. I don't have the office politics. And I'm very happy, even though it doesn't make sense to grandpa. You know, he sees, okay, he's like, you're making money, you're doing okay. But he's like, but how? I don't understand, you know? And and that's why he's like, he's he's a little impressed, you know what I mean? Because he's like, no degree, no waslas, no whatever, you know, still managed to make something out of himself. Mm. And like, I always say, I'm a proud student of Google University, you know, mm. like everything I learned, I learned online. Hmm. You know, or I learned by myself from experience. You know, no one opened the door for me. No, I, I wish someone had. Yeah, someone opened know? that door for you. Like, you know who it was? Google. Yeah, yeah. But, and but, bless Google. But, but, but that, that's like, my statement. What I'm trying to say is that yeah. is that you have to walk through that door yourself. Yes, Everyone has agreed, to. Agreed. Agreed. But you know? somebody has to also open that door for you. It, to it, a certain point, yes, agreed. It, but there are a lot of people who also make something out of nothing. You know, I was blessing my granddad. Like he was, he started off. When he was six years old, seven years old, selling pacha on the street. Sure. You know, and then eventually Shui Shui became uh, someone who I, owned his own. Uh, I know. will give you a gentleman's bet. Sure. One BD, a gentleman's bet. Sure. I bet you if you would ask him and you ask him who were people who helped him in his life, mm. he would give you a list of names. Oh, I'm sure he would. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying nobody. <laughs> listen, I'm not saying nobody helped me or uh, nobody mentored me or nobody was there for me. I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, I did it all by myself. That's, That's not, the dangerous. That's not what I'm saying. Thinking. No, no, not at all. I'm very grateful. <clears throat> you know, and uh, I, I'm even grateful to the gods I believe in and don't believe in. Mm. <laughs> you know, like just cover all the bases. <laughs> just cover all the bases. <laughs> you know. I'm, but the thing I. But the thing is, is what I'm. What I'm trying to say is. The when people tell you like you will you won't be anything in life unless you have a degree and you've done this and you played by the rules and you you know I'm he I'm here living breathing proof to say otherwise mm. you know to say no you don't have to have the wastas and the degrees and the, all of that you know I went to hukuma schools you know I didn't grow up with some privileged education or whatever you know I learned by myself I read. Mm. I read a shit ton of books, you know, I used to steal them. I couldn't afford them, you mm -hmm. know, but like, you know, like, like I was a great shoplifter of books, you know, but it, there was a higher purpose for it, you know, and I would go to my shitty public school and bring my own books and learn because I had a, a thirst for learning, you know, and the, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that we live in a different world today and the old rules don't necessarily apply. The old ways or roads that you have to take. No, now things are different. Even when it comes to branding, you know, back then it was like, oh, either uh, last 100 years, you know, or, or whatever. And then people came and said, no, we can actually create a brand from scratch and make you successful within a couple of years. But nowadays you see branding has become much more democratized. People are branding themselves. Movements are branding themselves, like Me Too, Black Lives Matter, etc. Listen, we're going to do a second show where we're going to get into this because <laughs> okay. there's a, going to be a lot of pushback on this. Yusuf yeah. Habibi, how would people find you in order to get in touch with you? Uh, my instant, my website, yusufalgawas.com, is usually the fastest way. And you can find me on Insta. That my personal one is Yusufology. My professional one is Yusuf Al-Gawas. And and what kind of clients would you tr would you usually work with? I've worked with all kinds, but I love working with clients who 
uh, are passionate, you know, and have a clear vision of what they want. want. Let's say if they're in fashion, if they're opening a restaurant, if they're, uh, you know, doing sunglasses or tourism or, uh, you know, jewelry, chocolates. Like if they're doing something that they themselves are passionate about, then the work is great. But if it's and you have a lot of success stories from what we've heard so far, right? A lot, yeah. Alhamdulillah, I have a yeah. There you go, Alzane Jewelry. Uh, so if you're looking for someone both short or long term, yeah. Yusuf is a great person to reach out to. Yeah, dude, I really appreciate it. We're gonna have a second conversation, and I'm <laughs> telling you that way <laughs> is that one is gonna be a lot ruder. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs>